they do set her on fire in front of her husband. (laughs) And then uh, the psychedelic revenge fantasy ensues. constant battle now to not smell like cat in this house i will glut the maw of death till it be satiated by the blood of your few remaining friends yeah I wanted to until the first person opened their mouth and I was like, I'm not going to be one of these people. (laughs) I just appreciated being able to think about Frankenstein in a room full of people also experiencing it. Gentlemen, we are fucking live. Long walk, short drink, episode 55. I can't drive 55. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that popped into my head when I was, because uh, I had to, I, every time I have to look, I'm like, what episode number are we? Because you would think that I would do that before I set up the live stream. Because I have in my show notes, I have, exit like i just it's just boilerplate so i'll paste it in and then anywhere that it references the episode i just have two x's for like that i replace with the episode number oh yeah i always have to look it up (laughs) like every time (laughs) jesus but yeah this is the the sammy hagar i can't drive 55 (laughs) episode uh right uh you all uh, i should say this is palmer podcasting to you from Dayton, Ohio, on this is being recorded on October the 3rd, 2018. Beautiful day today. This is Dave talking to you and Palmer from Northfield, Minnesota. It has been a weird weather day here. Uh, our, our temperature range, it's been cool, but our temperature range today was like 77, 79, and our lowest going to be 37. So it's been a very bizarre. Yes. In a row? <laughs> yeah. It's going to drop 40 degrees in a row. I guess. Drop on the knees. Drop on its knees. Take yeah. on 37. Yeah. Oh, that was a good Shit. one. <laughs> but it's a weird, like, it is a very ominous uh, sky. Very dark out uh, because of that. Very windy. I've got the windows closed, but... Uh, I think uh, careful listening podcast listeners, headphone-wearing podcast listeners, and live listeners might hear the rustle. So it's going to drop 40 <laughs> degrees in, in hours. Just in, in a matter of hours, it's supposed to drop 40 degrees. That's Yeah, let me see what the current... It's changed throughout the day, but um, it is... Yeah, it's saying... <laughs> I was doing uh, doing karate in the garage minutes before this, (laughs) and so my blood sport music was still going on my phone (laughs) when I tried to launch. Oh my gosh, you live walk short drink! It's so awesome. Oh yeah, it's uh, (laughs) it's 
It's not a shtick. We're our, <laughs> and we're up to two viewers already. I'm pretty oh, confident hi. we know who those viewers are. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, indeed. It is 67 now, so it's dropped, I guess, 10 degrees at some point. Oh, it went up to 81 at some point. Now it's going to be down to 36, oh. which that's not supposed to happen until 6, 7 a.m. But yeah, oh, it's been weird. It's been I would weird. like, okay, so uh, uh, for our listeners... I sound like shit. Don't adjust your yeah. your your or anything. I actually sound like shit. I sound like di- I sounded like diarrhea 24 hours ago. So just sounding like shit is pretty good. Oh, I uh, get it. nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because any fucking time the weather changes. So I went to this. I felt like last week I was like really congested, which was weird anyways because i take allergy pills every day uh because i get really bad allergies my allergies in the fall and winter are worse than they are in the spring and summer so like i'm really careful to make sure i take allergy medicine but that was not i was so congested on top of that oh my gosh you can see that zitting perfectly in the middle of my forehead too fuck i'm falling apart no um (laughs) but i was congested on top of that and that was because the weather, we hit like beautiful fall weather over the weekend here. It was like in the 50s to low 60s, high 50s to low 60s. And that's like my prime temperature. I love that temperature. You know, it, it could be it could be 57 to 62 all year round. Like I would just rather just it be that all year round than anything else. I, I, could, I get on board with that. Um, and so... It was just this beautiful fall weather, and I knew it was. Be- I knew I was congested because any time the weather changes, like I get a head cold. And so, what didn't help was I went to an outside alternative sporting event. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say what it was because I felt like I would be a douchebag for going to it. But then I thought about how. You know, like strippers make the choice to be strippers, right? Like, and they they don't see anything like they don't see it as exploitation or anything like that. Like that. So I went to Little Person Wrestling. Oh, okay. It was like uh, a, an organization of little people that put on like WWE style wrestling. Uh, and it was at this outdoor event and it was the most, uh, like, I feel like I peaked as a human being. It was so awesome. (laughs) It's all downhill after that. And so, so I was outside, I was already kind of pseudo sick. And then I screamed because it was just, it, it was a wrestling match and, uh, I mean, it was so awesome. They had luchadors and like, it, it was everything. It was so spectacular. How did you hear about this or know to go? No, it was a thing you could go to. So uh, my friend, who was the best man at my wedding, the I, I rented his basement. He's married to my like our mutual friend from high school that I've mm-hmm. known forever, right? He just sent me the flyer. He's like, this is coming, and we're going to go to it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm in. And uh, it was just me and him, and they had uh, 24-ounce award winners that were dirt cheap, and it was in, like, a sand volleyball court, but they had a little ring. It was awesome. 
you're oh you were i was like you're playing with the boys there a little bit <laughs> yeah <Top Gun. laughs> yeah we yeah. have a volleyball court on the campus where the bride works that we go to to walk in the prairie so every time i walk every time i drive past that volleyball court if there are kids out there i always start i'm like bow, bow, bow. <laughs> and i start singing that kenny Loggins song from top gun <laughs> oh that's so awesome <laughs> Anyway, so that's what I think of every time I see beach volleyball mentioned. But this had a wrestling ring. Was it a full-size wrestling ring for no, these? No, no, it was a minute. <laughs> everything was miniature. Everything was proportional. <laughs> that's great. So, like, we would have looked like giants inside this ring, but it looked like normal size to them. <laughs> yeah. And they were like up on the top rope and everything. And like the and the only complaint I had was like the matches lasted because there was only three matches. And they lasted like 20 minutes each to like fill this hour. It's like, well, if you're going to do that, then just have less matches or more matches that are shorter. Because mm-hmm. you, by the last one, it was like <laughs> it was the closest thing you could call to a Royal Rumble. Like all of them were in the ring at the same time. Oh, wow. Fighting each other. And like I have video of it, but like the uh, the crowd is like not into it at all. They're like bored. Oh. <laughs> it's just like It took so long to get there. But so little happened during that time, you know, like, but the first match was great. They like, it's this, uh, there's a cat on my chair. Get off my chair. <laughs> I've seen new, them. two cats. Yeah. We adopted yeah. a new cat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's this there's a lot going thing? on in my life right now. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Wait, let's crack a beverage and then you can tell me all about it. Yeah. I'm gonna finish my water and then. Uh, he just started started the, he started the cat <laughs> i'm gonna go with the americana american pale ale by paps oh yeah i got a torpedo extra ipa i've been getting these like this is how i've been portion controlling which kind of looks terrible because it's a huge bottle but rather than drinking many i have two though this one's a i got this in a guinness it's a higher this is a higher alcohol content so hopefully i won't be too irritating Whatever, whatever you tell you, God tell yourself, man. You won't be irritating. You're not. You're never irritating. Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah. All right. Sure am. Okay. On three and three. So, I would say with this American Pale Ale, it is pretty good. It's gut wrenching though to spend sixteen dollars a twelve pack for Paps. Just stick to award winners. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for these. Um, what are 21 pint ah fuck this one doesn't say 24 they're like 24 ounce bottles i've been getting 21 pints few. that's a, that would be a gigantic bottle uh no no yeah oh. no it's uh 24 <laughs> ounces well it had a 1.8 fluid ounces anyway yeah. but so i've been getting two of these uh and it's just like three bucks a piece i don't know it feels cheap just for yeah. i don't know if it is <laughs> but uh, yeah I don't know. You got to do that. You got to do the per ounce breakdown. Well, for me, it's all about, yeah, but that's less. I, I, anything I have around, whether it's food or drink, it's, I'm going to have in me yeah. very soon. <laughs> so <laughs> I got on this cheese it kick recently where it's just like boxes of cheese. Oh, which, co- which, uh, the white cheddar. Well, we go to Aldi. So we get the Aldi brand cheese. It's, which are fantastic. It's like regular uh, orange cheddar. Orange cheddar. (laughs) And just like. That'll do. Yep. Just hammer them. Just eat them, eat them, eat them. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I take uh, 
my staple lunch that I take to work is peanut butter and honey sandwiches. Ooh. Yeah. And I'll take and put just one single layer of Cheez-Its right before I eat the sandwich. Mm-hmm. On the sandwich? On the sandwich. Oh, for a little crunch. For a little crunch. And then it reminds me of those, you know, those like cheddar crackers with peanut butter in them that come in the plastic packages. Oh, yes. The orange ones you yeah. get like at gas stations or... Yep. Yep. Oh, it's just yes, like I that. Those. It's so <laughs> fucking good. Like fat ass. I'm such a fat ass. No, <sighs> that's not. That's not like a gluttonous. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to use that as an opening clip. <laughs> oh man. No. Um. So. So here's the deal. This cat. That's around here. Who we named her Mika, as in Mika Kelly, from Morning Joe. Oh, <laughs> so, does she remind you of her somehow? No, it's just a running joke between us because we'll listen to Morning Joe on the ride in to work, and I, I swear she's only there to start Joe's sentences because she never gets to finish a sentence. Like, <laughs> She'll just start talking and he'll just be like, Mika, 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 Mika. No, no. You're wrong in every way, and I'm about to mansplain you why. <laughs> just like, Have you seen time. the Saturday Night Live things of, of par- parodies of that show? Yeah, and they like so they, it's awkward how like because they have this like ob- obvious sexual tension, and so like and it makes everybody else skeezed out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's real too. Um But they're 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 really married, right? They're engaged. Uh, either married or, something? or engaged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and then uh, which one is the conservative and which one is the Joe liberal? is the conservative. He used to be a Republican, but he said he um I, during the during Trump's campaign or maybe maybe it took Trump getting elected and just he just said he couldn't be a Republican anymore. So I don't know what he considers himself now, but he's definitely conservative and she is not. Um, I I don't think I I don't think so. She, because isn't that the gimmick or part? Yeah, of that, yeah. Uh, that. Uh, anyway, that's, that's well. There's a few interesting things here. One, we haven't really talked about the fact that you and Ash drive together <laughs> in the morning, which is such a an interesting idea to me. And then also, of course, yeah, I haven't let you get to the. <laughs> you got the cat. Well, the cat picked us. So like a, a month month maybe a month and a half ago it's taken a lot i dug my heels in on this fucking cat i because like our, our apartment is good size but it's not really too cat sized like it's this constant battle now to not smell like cat in this house where we were really it was really good to it was easier to maintain that when it was just one cat and and now that we have two cats it's kind of a struggle and I knew it would be like that. In all fairness, like Ash is so much better at taking care of the litter boxes than I am. We've gotten, I've gotten better at it. Like we trade off like in the mornings where whoever showers first does the litter boxes and the other person's walking tank while we're doing the litter boxes and showering. So we're, we split our mornings or we have a pretty nice balance in what, our responsibilities are and how we trade off on them in the mornings, the evenings. It's all shit. 
she does everything because <laughs> I'm just I'm just like I, it's a mad dash to take off my pants and get in my chair downstairs when we get home from work. Uh, so That's I you know you're home. As yeah. I learned from the conversation, yep. the movie, the conversation and the commentary there where Coppola says that Gene Hackman's taking his pants off something to the effect of like, that's just what you do when you get home. Like, that's yep. how you know you're home. <laughs> yep. And so, uh, so like a month and a half ago, or I would say at the most, I, I, I swear I was the first one to see the cat where I go out on my front porch and you can just hear this cat just like, what's, what's going on there with the bride? Is she flashing you? Uh, no, she's like dancing, like a kind of a cute dance. She's got her hair up in this funny top ponytail. But um, at first I thought she was like flirting with me, but then I realized she was doing her voice for me and kind of... Mock something you. like to the farmer, like, my name is David, and I'm doing a podcast with my buddy, and I'm going to get really happy and drink beers. <laughs> Are you watching? <laughs> Probably is. She might be one of our viewers at the moment. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> She's at the corner of my eye there. Um, um, so, okay, so routines. Yeah, it, was so that morning mor- routine. it was one of those mornings where I was the one walking tank, and I came out. And this cat was just like, as soon as we came outside, was just like, row, row, like des- it was like the most desperate, pitiful meows. Like, I'm desperate to be saved kind of meow of this cat on our porch sitting outside our door. Like it had, like we had let it outside and not let it back in. Yeah. Like it's mad at you. for <laughs> Yeah. And then it <laughs> followed us all the way around the block. And I'm like, no fucking way. Like, just go away, cat. Yeah, we don't need you. And uh, like two days later, Ash is like, have you seen that orange cat? She's just so sad and just wants to be, wants attention. She will. And like already started planting the seeds, like the wife seeds. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Your voice for her sounds the same as the bride's for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? There's a lot of parallels in our relationships with our significant others. Yeah. Uh, i'm like yeah yes yeah and the uh, voice for you high like basically sounding like meatwad from the <laughs> no <laughs> she doesn't really do a voice for me because <laughs> then she wouldn't be able to use my voice for her as like i can't believe i like i hate the way you make me sound so she doesn't do a voice for me <laughs> because then she wouldn't get to say that about me doing oh she uses me. the oh wait yeah, because we definitely do the thing where we use the voice to say the inner monologue that we perceive in the other person, either yeah. as to like, I, this is what I think you're thinking. Well, let's make light of it. It's never really, yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, is there's that how no it... making light. There's, oh. no... <laughs> okay. there's no making light of it. Oh. <laughs> like, it's not a good thing. Okay. When the voice comes out, it's not a good thing. Not a good, fun thing at all. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> But she started playing in the wife seeds where it's like, I know this is going to happen. So I'm just going to start giving you little hints. I'm going to slowly let these Break seeds, you. like, yeah, <laughs> just like little, but not, not like where it's just like, nah, nah, we're going to get this cat, get the cat, get the cat, get the cat. Just like, oh, most could use a friend or have you ever thought, have you ever thought like maybe if Mose had someone to play with? Maybe she would be happier and just like all these little, like little, just like on their own that seem like small innocuous statements, right? That (laughs) are compartment, like they're, 
they're strategically chosen to be to appear to be compartmentalized where they're not related to each other. But then if you had a war wall, <laughs> like with all the like yarn attaching like all the does. statements, like you'd realize right in the middle would be the fucking cat, the fucking orange cat right in the middle. And all the yarn would attach to the picture of the orange cat. I just love the idea because I saw her walk by earlier. I like the idea that she's going down to a basement you don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> to that room. <laughs> to kind of just be like. To hmm. play it out like the next yeah. seed. What's the next seed I'm going to plant? And so uh, so I was on the verge of breaking where I was like, okay, we'll do the cat. Like we'll bring the cat in. And I told her, I was like, all right, go let the neighbors know that because we live in a duplex. I was like, go tell the neighbors that we're going to take the cat in. And she like went over to tell them it's like she, she, it was like, oh, ah! and she, so she like skipped out of the house. Right. <laughs> and then came. That's how you said yes. Though. You're like, you didn't say yes to her. You said, okay. Go tell the neighbors <laughs> that this yeah, is going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, because like it was up in the air, right? Like if the neighbors were, because they were, she was living kind of in the plants that the neighbors had on the porch and everything. And we saw that there was like a water dish out there. And so I was like, okay, go tell the neighbors that we're going to take her in. And she's like, okay. So she like skips out of the house. It comes back just utterly deflated. I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, they're going to adopt her. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, like outside. <laughs> but inside, I'm like, fuck, yes, we're not getting another fucking cat. <laughs> well, they already have two cats and two dogs in their apartment. And wow. so they were going to leave this cat outside. And like it had gone like two weeks already with it being outside. And then I was like, okay, but they have to get it fixed because it's a girl cat and we're going to end up with kittens. And then I, we're definitely going to get another cat. Like, so they need to get the cat fixed. And now then it went on like week three and the cat wasn't fixed and it was still on the front porch. And there's this Tom, this Tom cat that walks around our neighborhood. That's just got the giantest nards ever. And he's just like always <laughs> looking for a piece. And I'm just like, <laughs> We're going to end up with fucking kittens. And so then they were like, well, we, you know, we can't have another inside animal. So she's going to have to be outside. And I was like, but she kept playing more seeds, more seeds, more seeds. And so finally I was like, go talk to the neighbors and tell them if they aren't going to bring her inside, ask them if it's okay if we adopt the cat because we'll bring her in. And so they were like, yeah, that sounds great. So then we, our local charity, our local animal shelter, it's the animal shelter that we got Tank and our other cat from, Moe's. Uh, it's called Sixa. If you're in the Dayton area, like totally, this charity is is amazing. They do amazing things with animals. Uh, but they offer, like, for, we got, this is no shit, the cat spayed her rabies vaccination, tested for feline leukemia, then the feline leukemia vaccination and microchipped for $150. Like, whoa, dirt cheap. They offer like these huge discounts on. And then 
if you have a financial need, they even will discount that even more. Like you just have to prove that you are in a certain socioeconomic status and then they'll like greatly discount that even more, which is it's already dirt cheap, right? Yeah. So we got that done. So she's not going to get knocked up, which is good if she gets outside and she didn't have feline. We, it, we had to keep her for like a week in quarantine in our bathroom, which was fucking terrible. Uh, Whoa. Our, our bathroom. Wait, why is that? Why, why do you have to do that? Well, because so feline leukemia is not actual leukemia. It's a virus. So if it can get transmitted from one cat to another cat and it's deadly. And oh. so, um, you don't want to bring a cat from, especially a cat that you don't know the history of, like an, a stray outside cat. You don't want to just bring it into your house if you already have cats, because without it getting tested for feline leukemia, because it could pass that on to your other cats, and it could have worms, it could have ear mites, it could have fleas, like all of those things, like they, that you don't want to pass on to your other animals. Mm-hmm. We had already done a flea treatment on her outside, so all the fleas were dead when we brought her in because she did have fleas uh and we had to go they sixa didn't do worming so we had to take her to the actual vet to get her wormed uh just to make just as a precaution so she didn't give worms to our other animals or to us oh god uh so yeah so we did all that but the the and then the quarantine during the day just because once oh, she was because she was negative on feline leukemia which was great so but then for her scar to heal up we wanted to make sure she got a chance for that to really happen her surgery to heal we would keep her in there during the day while we were at work and then let her out after she got cleared on everything else so okay i thought it was like an entire week in that room (laughs) even so that sounds kind of intense yeah we she did spend a, a solid we brought her in thursday night and we didn't we our appointment to get her fixed wasn't until uh monday or tuesday so she spent that time in uh, exclusively in our bathroom uh Mm. with food and water you know before (laughs) anybody freaks out with food and water in the litter box and all that and we went like we would go in there and play with her for you know a couple hours throughout the day like broken up throughout the day and everything and now she's like fine she's it actually has livened up our she has livened up our other cat who's running around and playing with her and she's our other cats become more affectionate which before she was just like i don't give a fuck just give me food and (laughs) scoop my shit and then we cohabitate that's what we do oh it Uh, sounds like it's been a uh sounds like mika mika has been a positive addition yeah oh yeah and she's like cuddly and like our other cat doesn't you can't pick her up or anything like that like she she would just prefer to just be fed and have her tail pulled every now and then that's what she likes her tail pulled yeah See, like, i don't i don't never had uh well we had a cat in the house um oh i almost a lot of times in my vernacular i will refer to the full street address where i grew up but i realized now i shouldn't do that um well yeah in that house where i grew up the we we did have a cat for a while is pretty much uh yojimbo's cat i feel like and uh it we it we sorry i can't find my words and i was i was noticing uh moto in the chat which i was thinking about him because of this too he says uh hanging with frankie and rolling stones oh yeah oh yeah for the boss <laughs> and pizza dave <laughs> james pizza <laughs> that's me 
<laughs> but so yeah, we had this cat um, for a brief time. It was a Maine Coon cat, I think. Oh yeah. But it was it was the cat that um, I think it's fine to say, uh, Mr. Trogdon, the teacher, middle school teacher, had in his classroom. Marco Polo. A, yeah. Marco Polo. Yeah. Yeah. But that cat was mean as fuck. <laughs> and so that cat had been I tortured by seventh graders for yeah. like a decade. Of I, of course, it would be mean. Yeah. Moto, do you remember uh, what happened to... I don't remember. I just remember one day that cat was no longer there. Maybe I don't want to know. Never mind. <laughs> but uh, that was my very limited experience with uh, cats. So all this is kind of different for, so for me to uh, hear about. The tail pulling thing, Moe's won't sit still and let you pet her. Like Mika will sit there for 20 minutes and you can just keep running your hand down her back and she's like purring the whole time and totally into it. It really makes Moe's nervous like you're going to try to pick her up. So she she's constantly weaving. She's essentially like wants you to put your hand out and let her just pass over your hand. Oh, I've seen this. Okay. I have seen this kind of behavior. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Like she doesn't want you to actually move. So when I'm in the bathroom on the toilet, she'll come in and start weaving around. And really she just wants me to like run my hand down her back. And then when I get to her tail, just tight my hand over her, like slowly walk so it pulls on her tail like and she lo- <laughs> like she eats it up she loves it i don't know what it is so i say she likes her tail pulled <laughs> he got the magic touch <laughs> yeah well <laughs> <laughs> that i'm not going to deny oh <laughs> uh. yeah it's fun they've both been kind of uh youtube viewers can see Moe's and Mika come in and out. That's a fun duo. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I would I would have thought Moe's to be a boy's name, but that's because I picture that office character, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, Moe's is short for, because she's a um, calico, so she's just like a combination of a bunch of different kinds of cats, so Moe's is short for mosaic. Oh. Like, like Piece together. Like, one arm's yeah. like gray tiger striped, and then she has like orange tiger stripe on her back legs and then uh there's almost like a dapple on down her back and then it goes gray tiger stripe again down her tail so hmm. she looks like a frankenstein cat like a cat oh. from a variety of cats do you like that segue i should Very get a nice fucking award for that segue. <laughs> yes he said there are some kind of podcasting awards i don't know what they are we're not we're gonna be eligible (laughs) i listen to a lot of pack podcasts though and ours is i will say a good podcast just not one that many people listen to (laughs) i agree (laughs) um uh yeah i definitely have some some frankenstein stuff but i uh i didn't yeah i haven't got to hear about much you you said a lot's going on with you and i haven't heard about much of it some of it's right over your shoulder do you want to say anything more about like i know you may not want to talk about like your job stuff but i've been Curious if has you been adjusting to that and um uh, the yeah it's okay. you know leaving go, leaving in the same car with your lady and all that yeah we have a really strict rule like here's so when we found out that we were going to be working at the same place it came up pretty quick that we could probably commute together and so uh, we were having dinner at that friend's house that I was at. Uh, I need to think of nicknames for them, but I was at their house. The same guy that I went to the micro wrestling wrestling with say that five times fast. And, uh, 
his dad was there. His mom and dad were there. And they're, they're sweethearts. They're like surrogate. I feel like almost like surrogate parents to me. And uh, they, um, I was like, so I got a job at that place too. So we're both going to be working at the same place. And almost at the same exact time, his dad leans over to me and says, don't drive to work together. <laughs> at, at, at the same exact time, he's saying that Ash is in the kitchen going, and we're going to get to drive to work together. Like, all excited <laughs> about it. Like, <laughs> that's funny. I wonder if that's a gender thing because that is the last thing I would also want. <laughs> well, he said he's like, it, you know, him and him and his wife have been married for decades. And he's like, the closest we ever came to getting divorced was the five years that w- was this like stretch of time that we drove to work together where they had, cause they worked in the same organization too. Not that we worked at, but they both had jobs together and through happenstance, they ended up getting to a point where they were on the same schedule and working in the same building so they could drive to work together. And he's like, it was terrible because like fights would just boil over. And then, and then we were working together. All We never got apart from each other. And so then like their assignments changed and they didn't drive to work together. And then like years later, it came back together where they could ride together. And like, they had to sit down and he's like, we had to lay ground rules. Like, um, like there were things we weren't allowed to talk about in the car. We weren't even no matter how bad of the fight was at home, we weren't allowed to bring it into the car with us. And so Hmm. Ash and I have really, there have been mornings where we don't say a fucking word on the way into work because we don't want to break that fight rule, you know, and where we've been fighting. And so we'll just drive to work and listen to Joe interrupt. Yeah, Joe and Mika fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so be like uh, these people, right? What's that? Get it. To, then just, you can kind of be like, what's with these two, you know, like they can get I, it together. Invariably right? What will happen was we'll bond over some bullshit. That's that's in the headlines we will be like can you yeah. fucking believe the world that we live in right now like which i can't at all uh so um I suppose that's uh that's a good it sounds like a good arrangement for yeah for that situation yeah to be fair in case you're still listening <laughs> i wouldn't want to drive to the, uh, i wouldn't want to ride with anyone in the morning because i have this commute and one of the first things that people if i talk to in our hometown because a lot of people live here and commute to the cities they're like oh you could do a ride share all this i'm just like no yeah. fucking thank you <laughs> that is just not for me i prize that time I, I mean that was an arrangement we made earlier early in our discussions about moving here was like do we want to live midway i didn't have a job when we moved out here she did and i was and i have at times commuted in my life to school or whatever and uh yeah i don't i don't mind i mean there's there's drawbacks to it but well, I don't necessarily mind. And she did. So I was like, well, let's just live there and we'll see how it goes. And then I just, yeah, but I definitely, I would not want to co. I would not, I don't want a passenger. If our commute ever. was any longer than it is right now, I think I would be totally with you on that. Cause I like, I, as much as I bitched about the ride into Columbus, I got to listen to our podcast. I, you know, like it's a struggle for me to stay caught up on our podcast right now. Like I'm only a few episodes behind, but in long walk, short drink terms, like that's, that's hours, hours of content behind, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, 
You should cut yourself slack on that above all else, probably. Well, but I mean, <laughs> but it's like when I was going into Columbus, like I had that me time in the car so I could listen to audiobooks, I could listen to our podcast. It was great. And now our commute is only 15 minutes. So it's just like the long, we, some mornings we, well, no, that's too, that's too um, revealing. We'll sit in traffic longer than it takes to get. <sighs> from point a to point b for our job sometimes oh, that's frustrating yeah 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 I, I remember that when i was actually the bride and i well i guess she was kind of half working half going to school with her phd um when and i was working at that same place but i the, as the timing worked out we almost never drove together but it was something like that it was such a short commute distance wise that um we spent a year apart where she was uh she was finishing up something and we hadn't moved out here yet. So it was like almost a full year where I still lived in Cleveland and she lived where she was doing some other things. <laughs> but I, during that time, I actually walked to work every day and it took me almost as long to walk. It took me just a little bit longer to walk than it did to drive. <laughs> it was so weird. So I, I, I sort of relate to that. Yeah. If it was any longer, I think it would. It, it, yeah. I can't really reveal it. Like it, it's silly for us not to drive together. Oh, sure. We, yeah. No, we, if it, we, that we was my situation. And, I like our too. assignments are so close to each other that it's silly for, it would be literally one of those things that like we would follow each other into work and park next to each other. It, yeah. we drove separately and, yeah. and then walk into the same building with each other. Like, so it's silly not to drive together. Luckily we are just close enough that we can, which that is a game changer. Like there's no commute to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where she worked before, I think she was closer. You know, she didn't even have to get on the highway. It was just like driving out of our neighborhood and she was on, I could say where she worked before, right? Uh, she worked for UD before mm-hmm. university of Dayton, which is like right outside our neighborhood. So she was in the car for five minutes. And that and like never essentially just left our neighborhood and then was on at work. And so this is definitely more of a commute for her. But for me, I'm just like, we spend no time in the car. Like it's <laughs> like I from the door from my door to my desk is 25 minutes if everything goes smoothly, which is nice. nothing. Um, so yeah. So and have you been getting getting into kind of a rhythm there that feels comfortable or, or yeah i guess <laughs> fair enough fair yeah. enough <laughs> uh, yeah you know yeah i i don't want to sound ungrateful i it, it's i'm sure it's not i'm sure it is a good gig i'm not going to deny that it just some i had we had some unrealistic expectations that are are proving to not be very true and um yeah just silly silly stuff that we had put on it that when they weren't true like was kind of disappointing but it was our fault for making those assumptions so we really oh, that came, sucks yeah but it wasn't like they told you something that was false or they sort of insinuated something that didn't necessarily no i up to uh no it's just like 
we we're definitely like here's a great example where we're making way like we're making more money but because of benefits and and then the tax bracket that puts you in our paychecks are less than they were before and i don't know how that happened but it did oh wow so uh we really didn't see a, a pay bump at all um it's just going towards way better benefits like don't mm -hmm. don't get me wrong like way better benefits um but yeah so there's like that's just one example but yeah that is weird yeah i've i that what happened to me once when i got my <clears throat> first like job after getting a college degree and it was like a it wasn't i don't know what people i don't know what salary i, I don't, don't pay a lot I, I still think in my head this base number for the salary that I knew my dad to have in probably the mid eighties. <laughs> and to me, that's like fine. And, um, just as soon as I graduated college and was able to, and landed like a video production job that enabled me to pay my bills and pay my student loans, I felt rich. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just, just to not have to like count cent dollars and cents and stuff like that. Um, but the, uh, at a certain, yeah, soon thereafter, no, Anyway, I, it's hard to not reveal too much, but it was it was very weird to reach a point the first time it happened where I was so used to like getting money back from the government <laughs> for oh, the yeah. money I put into taxes. Yeah. And just like, I guess whatever it is, however, when you cross into a different bracket or something like that to where you, you do, you have to actually pay taxes at the end of the year, no matter what's withheld at a certain point. I was just like, wait, hey, wait, <laughs> that's not how I thought it went. This is the money I used to buy bullshit at the end of, in the spring. Yep. The, the federal, <laughs> federal government savings plan, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, that, yeah, so that's th that. Uh, that's how I can relate. But uh, that, yeah, I bet that did kind of suck. <laughs> so that was a little sting. I mean, a little sting, and just a, but like things are just progressing at a snail's pace as far like because we're both like new to this industry, and so we have every job I've ever had. I've had to hit the ground running. Like we're. All right, welcome, welcome aboard. You're already two months behind. Like, here's mm. here's what you need to get started, and this is just like, eh, you know, eh. So a real lackadaisical kind yeah, of pace. Yeah, like, uh, and so a lot of like feeling inadequate, just in the sense that I see my team all doing things, and I want I want to help them do these things. Like I hear them struggling, like there's a lot on their plate and you know, they're always like, who do I thought you were going to do that? And they're like, no, like, this is the joke. Like, they'll be like, I thought you were going to do that. And they're like, no, supposed to do that. And the, like, and I can't like they're you know, if, for my first three weeks, it was, it was impossible for me to have done anything because I didn't even have computer access for the first three weeks. Oh, wow. So it's not that. So like when they say you're supposed to do that, are they frustrated that you didn't do something you're not? No, allowed no, to do? they're just making a joke because it's impossible for me. Like they're like they I it, it's like the joke that like, well, blame because it's not like he could have done it anyways. Like they're not uh, doing okay. it in a shitty way. They're just like being funny. I see. Like and you they, can't do it because you don't have ac like physical access or and yeah, or like, I, like I don't even have access to the systems that it would take for me to do these things that they say, oh, well supposed to do it like i 
I, I don't even have access to those systems. So there's no way I could have done it. Oh, weird. Um, it's, it's just like, I, 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 unlike our president, I will say, I know they're laughing with me at this and not at me. Right. You know, they're not, <laughs> they're not actually frustrated with me not doing it because it's impossible for me to have done it. Uh, I so, didn't hear that one or whatever that is based oh, on. Oh, you didn't hear <laughs> that? I know? Like, oh. Is that today or, or yesterday? No, or it's or? when he presented at the, he um, did a speech at the UN, I think. And he's opened with, uh, he opened with, you know, the U.S. has experienced more growth under me as a president than any president prior. <laughs> and they the, the, literally... Like they all the laugh. all the countries of the world, you can hear the laughter on his <laughs> mic. <laughs> uh, and and he's like, he, and then he says, he's like, well, that wasn't the response I was expecting. <laughs> and so then they laugh even more. <laughs> and the next day, somebody asked him about it, and he's like, oh no, they were definitely laughing with me. It was a joke. <laughs> we were all we were all having fun, like. That really says it all. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he believes that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has to, right? Like, he ha- he has yeah. to fabricate his own reality. I got to be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but yeah. Oh. So, so yeah. But uh, so that's all. That's all going well. Um, or, yeah, it sounds like it's going slowly. But I, th- th- how and long that, do you think till you will like have your what's the thing like it's not your wings clipped, but like you'll kind of get set free. Oh, months, it's like the opposite of six that. months probably. Oh like, wow, okay. Uh, Damn, are you able to like keep your mind otherwise occupied, or you're just oh, like, oh well God. now <laughs> I have now that I have computer access, yes, like I I definitely am able to go through and um, I have things to do. They're still not my job right now. I'm learning about how to do my job. So I'm doing a lot of self-paced training. I, I, I think that's all safe to say. So, all right, um, which is great. And, and I like today I took this, uh, I, 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 the last two days I've been working on a course. It was 11 modules and I finished that this morning and then took like a 110 question assessment on that course. So missed three questions. Booyah, bitches. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So I have stuff to do now, which is nice. And, uh, you know, it's just all baby steps. It's just a very, there is an established process and, I think both of us, Ash and I both are struggling with wanting to jump over steps in that process to speed it up. Mm-hmm. And every time we try to do that, it really sets us back two steps because we're not following the established process. Uh, so we need to just bite the bullet and let the machine run and we just find our place in it. So. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I've never been in quite that that environment. Uh, sounds a little frustrating, but hopefully it'll get. You'll literally get up to speed at a certain point. And yeah, if Pumps hears anything. any of this, he'll just be laughing his ass off. So <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard from him in a while. Hope he's. I hope you're well. If you're hearing this, good sir. 
Yeah, we were we were texting a little bit and commiserating a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, just at how silly the whole thing is. So. Oh yeah. Well, and we gotta do one, one of these days. We gotta get Logan. if he's still into it. Get Logan on mic. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> um, we had pumps. dinner with them actually. We went up to Columbus, and Ash and I had dinner with uh, Logan and his family. Oh wow! Saw his kids. His kids. His his kids are like probably like nine and ten, ten I think, or oh, ten and fuck. eleven. His son looks like a mini him. It's re- really? like it's Whoa. ridiculous. Like he looks like a little man, not like a little kid anymore. He looks like a he's in middle school and like cares about his hair. Like oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> so funny because sometimes one of the versions of Logan that I have in my memory bank is like a middle school Logan, and he and I, you know, we played the same almost the same soccer position. We had like the same haircut, and back then you like combed it up. Yeah. So uh, that's so funny. Well, but I'm probably this, picturing his little guy now. I have this. I have the Logan I know. Like he cared because he was losing his hair. It's like college Logan. <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, he had a fork. He had his like fork that he used to what? like his scalp <laughs> from his Rogaine. And like he cared I'm so much about it. I'm laughing with. Laughing with. Because the joke is now like, he's had a, a like baby butt bald head for 15 years you know yeah he rocks it and he looks Suits great him. with it yeah yeah so it was good seeing him and his wife and his kids like they're just so fucking big it makes you feel old <laughs> like he's he, like i was trying to tell ash about because the when the last time we went up there when we hung out with pumps and logan logan's family wasn't there because logan's sister was in town with her kids she has oh, two kids yeah. who are old enough to go out and do things like go to the zoo and stuff. And like, <laughs> I still picture Logan's sister as like the, like she's like this big, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Me too. I, I, I'm not sure if I ever actually saw her as an adult adult, but she was one of those kids that would look like a miniature adult. Like obviously yeah. she was going to grow up to be like a beautiful woman. And, uh, but she was just like at the time, a tiny child, Yeah. <laughs> but now she probably, she, it probably is both that with beautiful kids of her own. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, they're not, they're gotta be like, what? Probably five, five, probably yep, five yeah, or five. six. That's crazy. And that bullshit. Like it is <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> wow. So, so fucking that's old. cool. I'm glad to hear though that you got to be doing that. Okay. I was thinking about that too. Not I know I know I've been putting you on the spot for a long time, so you don't have to get into this. But I was uh, some of the few times a few times we've talked, and this has been like episodes ago. So you'd be like, "Oh, I have a friends weekend coming up." I'm like, "What's that? What's that like?" And then I never get to follow up on like what you got to do and all this. So um, you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to tell me, but uh, I'm glad that some of those involve yeah cabin kids. But yeah, if you if you feel like it, I I want to know. Well, um. So the, I can say this, I can say this too, because now, because they got shut down, I think, yeah, yeah, I don't give a shit. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, so yes. um, the school I taught for, maybe not because there's, uh, I don't know. The school I think I, I bleeped it last time yeah. just in case, but I don't well, know. Well, the school matters. I taught for is where I met like Stan the Man and where I met Double D and uh another mutual friend of ours who i had worked 
who I had met at the first school that I taught at. Uh, she worked at that school with Double D and Stan the Man and I. And then the friend from our hometown that I lived with when I first moved down to Dayton, she taught for that school. And we all were in the middle school. And so we just became this really close knit group of friends. Like they were like my cabin at this job. And, uh, and which is great because since we all have kind of went our separate ways, we still kind of maintain those relationships. And so the only downside to that school was, uh, we all lived all over the state, like in different parts of the state. Yeah, no, Ohio is a big state. <laughs> yeah, and like almost diagonally across the state, like Youngstown, Akron area. Uh, I'm not sure how to describe where double like the area. Yeah, double, double D, it sounds like, like lives in. double D lives like out. He lives in this that... like in the like this Bermuda Triangle of Ohio. That's yeah. literally an hour away from the highway. Like he like yeah. Like you have to get <laughs> off the road and then drive for an hour to get to the town that he lives in. Uh, and then Dayton. So, um, we call them friends weekends where if some, somehow somewhere it would line up like that, this last friends weekend was, uh, the one friend was house sitting for her brother who had a lake and it was a huge house and there was a, a like a man-made pond and, she invited all of us from to come there and bring kit and they all bring their kids. And oh, then wow. like they're the kids are just getting to the point where they're old enough to kind of do their own thing and don't need like adults to entertain them or make sure they're not going to die. <laughs> so that leaves the adults then to entertain themselves, uh, usually through copious amounts of adult beverages and food. <laughs> <laughs> and just sitting around BSing and all that good stuff. So, it, I, I mean, it's essentially like the cabin, but there's kids and a lot more alcohol involved. <laughs> that sounds really nice. It's um, it reminded me. Uh, it's actually nice to know too that like Friends Weekend means like a particular group of people. Nice, and that I can picture that because I've met a couple of those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 bride's cousin who is our age. Um, the bride's a little bit older than me. And I remember when we were first getting together, it really freaked her out that I was the same age as her cousin, who was much more like, and uh, in, in closeness and stuff was her like her brother. And um, yeah, he comes up on the show uh, quite a lot. And thankfully, like I could, he does like sports and stuff, but he also really loves like comedy and movies. And he, in in a lot of ways, he'd fit into the long walk, short drink sort of world. But we would also. We also clash about certain like he doesn't he didn't see Top Gun until he was an adult and hates it. That's where don't talk shit about Top Gun comes from is my <laughs> motherfucker does. Sorry. <laughs> he does this backyard cinema. They did Goonies. It was awesome last two years ago. Then it was a karate kid. Like sometimes yeah. it's really fun stuff. They pick like his friends pick. And uh, and then this year we couldn't go and Top Gun was up for it. And I was like, I am not, I told him, I am not going to go to a place where there's, where you're showing Top Gun and you, I know you don't like, I'm not going to sit in a room full of people who are going to shit on Top Gun. Like I am not coming. 
<laughs> so anyway, but uh, I think they might have gone with Big, the movie Big. Oh, anyway, I like that. I like that movie. But I, oh yeah, and I haven't seen that in ages. I was I was, I would be more interested in that. Penny but Marshall, I was right? pissed. Didn't she direct that. That sounds right. Yeah, Man, Elizabeth she... Perkins in her in her bra. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, uh, okay. there are some scenes that you just live for when you're an adolescent boy, and that yep. was that was one of them. Yep, that and Teen Wolf, like we're probably like the first sort of, you know, like clandestine, like oh, <laughs> and they're both just like sort of underwear scenes. God, I'm a pick, but What's I bring the, that up because the yeah, the Marshall was a director on. That. Oh, nicely <laughs> done, sir. Very nicely done. He makes but good I bring shit. That, Oh yeah, she actually yeah, she always does great movies. Yeah. Well, I don't know her entire catalog. I feel like there could be a weird one or two in there, but there's a there's some great ones. I bring though up the bride's cousin though, because somehow so I gotta not give away too much about him, but uh he's from a different state. <laughs> somehow though, everyone it seems like I would say like three fourths of his cabin, like from his high school days, like his high school friends yeah. from a different state, all live in the Twin Cities area and they have for years and years. Whoa. So he has basically got to literally from like ages, teenager, like got to preserve his cabin all oh. the way from when it was whatever it was Wow! to this day at like he's he's the same age as us so he's in his 40th year <laughs> uh yeah but now it's like those it's very much like those friends weekends because there's all like kids involved and stuff yeah. like that and so they're always talking about like oh we're gonna go away to so-and-so's um and then they'll say and then minnesota that's a big thing we're gonna go away to so-and-so's parents cabin <laughs> it's just like oh you bastards all my friends live live states away. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. Uh, I, I hate yeah, it. yeah. I do hate it. Like, there's so many times where I'm just like, God, I would give anything to just like go out for beers or with like Dave and Twinkie or just like eat a, eat a giant piece of cake with Moto or <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, just any any of those. Which I can't even like. I can't do that either um right well but yeah even the yeah just facetime alone is uh is priceless yeah so i I think we should definitely keep thinking about keep talking about what i what crams brought up actually which was like hey let's do a cabin kids like weekend at some point yeah no that i would definitely be down for that um who crams speaking of crams like out of nowhere like did you see a comment on that picture yeah, <laughs> that had a sweet spot for him where he was able to kind of merge his worlds. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, man. It was the it was a picture of the can of beer you're drinking tonight. Not tonight, but uh, the same brand, right? Yeah, the same brand, and uh, yeah, it definitely. My wife is listening to the voice, and it's so loud I can hear it really? over my headphones. I thought someone just won that last night. Oh, maybe she hasn't seen it yet. I, I, I <laughs> well, yeah, because we have Hulu now, so all that shit is like she can catch up on it. And so yes, yes, it's so rare that I would know that, but I I saw it like over my shoulder. Like a some a lot of times I'll work in that corner downstairs, and I like to have the TV on, something comforting, so that if I do turn around, it's like just kind of nice. So it'll be like I'll just skim the channels and last oh that's what it was last night 
it was like CMT or some weird channel was showing the first lethal weapon back to back. On but, CMT? Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I might not be. <laughs> it was some sort of unexpected oh channel running it. Running music it. Channels are not music channels anymore. <laughs> no. Dogs, oh cats. Yes. <laughs> living together. Pandemonium. Indeed. But I had that on and, uh, and the bride runs our DVR. So in a world of streaming, the bride has mastered a DVR, like a TiVo. <laughs> it's not a TiVo, but... <laughs> yeah. Is that the right... Or is that Tim Tebow? Anyway, no, he Tebow. knows how to record things. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is weird because when I was a younger person, that was like... That was... I was the fucking ninja of like VCR programming. But at some point in time, I fell off that. And that's her, those are her responsibilities. <laughs> and uh, so... She uh, she does a great job of like keeping up and uh, I, that is definitely her thing. I think is like serial television and a lot of the time we spend together, uh, a fair portion of it is watching serial television together. So she was recording several things and it's if you're on a that kind of system, if two things are recording at once, you can't watch something else. Yeah. So I couldn't watch Lethal Weapon over my shoulder and it switched to something and I saw who won the voice. So I happen to know that. Gotcha. Yeah. Except for I don't really know that. Does anyone know who won The Voice for the last like 10 years? That's no. a very bizarre show in that it doesn't seem to transition into any kind of music career. What? Like I don't think any of them really do happens. aside from the first like five years of American Idol. Yeah. You know, yeah, right about that. And that's back now too, right? I want to say. Yeah. And then there's America's Got Talent and all that garbage. I don't hear it. I don't hear it over over the in the microphone. But <laughs> well, speak. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> I I don't think somebody won. Let me hang on. Babe, <laughs> did somebody win the Voice last night? They're still the auditions. Oh, there's still auditions. Sounds like it. <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, it's really loud. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's what happens when I watch things on mute. I don't really get the full story. I saw something about someone from Wisconsin. It said winning the voice. So they must have just got through an audition. Um. Uh, well, and the, the one thing I can't fucking stand, like every time. So are, are you familiar with the setup of the show? Of the voice? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen it. So they're in the chair and they they have to turn around. Yeah, or they they don't see the person; well, they just tactic, hear their voice. It, during the during the audition phase, a tactic that the judges will or that the coaches will use to get people to pick them if they're in is you're you you're gonna win this competition. You will oh, win yeah. this competition. I, for, I forgot about that element. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so they throw that around so much in these early episodes where it's like you've heard them sing for three minutes like <laughs> and they'll just be like if you pick me you will win this competition and it's and they say like how can you say that to every member of your team and then them <laughs> feel confident being on your team you know like hey <laughs> I, I, yeah. all you fuckers i'm gonna beat you because i'm gonna win this competition like no yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's weird i was very uh when American Idol was first starting, uh, or in, probably in its heyday, I was first starting to play original music for the first time in my life after 
like years and years of really imitative cover work. <laughs> cover work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Singing pearls around the campfire exactly like at a better to the best of my ability. But um, so I was really not interested. But at a certain point, once I got together with the bride, that was a show she liked and she would watch it and I would watch it with her and I I watched like I did watch it for like a few years and stuff and I, I had found some enjoyment in those shows, but it's such a bummer in some ways. Is it's just like I don't know. I, I, I just will feel say, like they sell a false bill of goods the last so many years. Well, and as far as like those types of shows go, I do like the voice. I like the I like the idea that they can't see the person, so they're are they're basing it solely on their singing. <laughs> and yeah, shout out to Double D. Yeah, and. Uh, and I like the panel of judges, like in the way they interact with each other. Who is it now? It's, um, it's so there's do you know Kelly Clarkson. Uh, <laughs> ah, Kelly Clarkson. That's my throwback to that's my um, that's a deep cut for anybody that used to listen to classic Howard Stern. Hi. Oh, Kelly I don't know Clarkson. that. <laughs> uh, and um, I was doing Forty Year Old Virgin. That's good. I'll have to look that up. And then, um, so Adam, Blake Shelton and Adam, and Adam from Maroon Five. Maroon Five, yeah. Hang on, uh, only I was attached to a supercomputer. Yeah, <laughs> I I opened one of the windows, and I can start to feel it. It's like I don't know if that that was one like door is fogged up from my sweat and the heat that's been trapped in here, but it's changing. It's wild. That's outrageous. So Adam Levine, Blake Shelton, Alicia Keys, and oh. Kelly Clarkson. I can't abide Alicia Keys. I'm not saying she's not talented. She just bugs a ever living shit out of me. <laughs> I can't deal with that like half eyes closed, like I talk like this all the time. I can't deal with it. Go fuck yourself. So <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Alicia Keys. Yeah. There's that Bob Dylan song from Modern Times. He's like, I was thinking about Alicia Keys. Couldn't think from crying. And I've when I was born in Hell's Kitchen, she was just down the line. But I'm just like, when she was born in Hell's Kitchen, whatever. But I was always just like, oh, I don't know. I can't deal with her. I can't deal with Alicia Keys. So I can't be watching the voice. <laughs> it's not there the singing, it's the talking. To not watch the voice. Can't do it. It's still like, <laughs> all that aside, it still celebrates, like, especially early on, it, 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 it is all on the crushing of people's dreams. Like that's, it's great to watch people succeed and watch them win, but the drama portion, which arguably is what keeps people coming back is, is the people that fail. Like the people that don't get during the audition phase, like they don't get a seat turned around on them. They'll do those mm. like, They'll do those little snippets where it gives their backstory and like the tearjerker backstory. And then like how all they've, they've pegged all of like, first off, that's your mistake. That's your first mistake is you've pegged all your hopes of success on this television show. Yeah. <laughs> which is all about the television show, which is not all about success. the television. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then they'll, they sing their heart out. And and I again that like this is where I will always put the voice above like American Idol, like yes, 
<laughs> Moto, Moto said, what if she was cycling around your block like a, like a bicyclist? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have to purchase the BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't shoot her. I would shoot her tires. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. I don't uh, know. But it's I don't the, feel good about still, it. They're, but they're, they're, yeah, there's still like, there is a, there's an element of failure being entertaining, which is like, that drives the that show it's the it's the risk of failure it's not like oh my gosh they could succeed it's like who's gonna be voted off you know like that's the mm. like those are the blurbs they put out not oh who's yeah, gonna make I it to the next that. round who's gonna be voted off like you know and and so it's like it's really their uh, their ratings are driven by the failure of others as opposed to the success of people you know um oh yeah that's a bummer i uh, yeah. i i always thought of that well when i did watch it i always watched it well <laughs> i turned it on but i would get invested in certain people i want them to do well yeah and all this or i'd want to see how they'd adapt to a certain thing and always I such, such a bummer. I, like I, like those those little those little things those like like let's let's dive into their personal life a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like they show yeah. the vignettes of the people and they're all fucking tragic. Cause that's what they want to show. But not again, not those people. That's what the makers of the show want to show are the tragic stuff. Like give us the, sh- like we want a shit show because that's what drives mm-hmm. our ratings. And I'm a sucker for that. Like I'll ball my eyes out during that stuff. And then like not one seat turns around and then you're like, fuck you guys. Or yeah, or they get oh, voted off and you're like, fuck you. Like they were just made me cry. Yeah. It's funny that that comes up because I think uh, that's something I've learned over the last so many years is that as how much the power of the context in which music is presented has has an effect on the way it's valued. And um, without getting too far into it, like as playing playing music as a solo artist so many years, I noticed that to be the case a lot of times. So I could I could sing the same song with the same passion in a corner of a room and have nobody pay attention, have it be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. The, and the next night, somehow I have the opportunity to open for someone in a theater, which I only got to do a handful of times. But in those times, like it was received completely different because of the context in which it was presented. And then I realized um, when I was like doing my best work and nobody was paying attention at all because I, because it felt pretty much like I wasn't engaging with social media in the way that I should to, to, or or not should, but the way you were expected to. Yeah. That's which is weird because anyway, we'll not get into that, but, and I'm sure there's more to it than that, but, but I noticed, like, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm doing the best work I've ever done. And people care less than they ever have, <laughs> except for when it's somehow able to be presented in this way. And then I was like, wait a second. Um, one of, like, I, so that's why I haven't got to exercise it yet because it takes, this is a superpower that takes a lot of man hours. <laughs> but my superpower is, like, I have the ability in the material to present my own sob story <laughs> as a video. Right, right, right. Um, not sob story, but like that's, that's actually the way that I value and engage with music. Um, whether it's on the voice or anything else, like I attach my, I attach my value to the whole thing. Sometimes based on the song that I hear, but more times than not on the, the story that surrounds it. And, and then that story grows as like someone's career, 
as they make more music and they amass more of a kind of context in which to to present that. I mean, that's a big thing for me, like coming late to a game like Bruce Springsteen is all about the context about and the value that and what that guy's trying to do through his songs that, that make them matter to me. But anyway, so that's all to say that a lot of what I've been doing in the years I haven't been putting music out is, is finding a way to contextualize the music that I have made and might still make in, in a film where the lights go down and you, you take your, the expectation is different. I'm not shouting in a corner <laughs> to people that are there to try to have conversations with each other <laughs> on one night. And then in theater the next night, I'm in a, like in a film festival any night that right. you're going to encounter it where the lights go down and there's no, like you have to engage with it. And I get to kind of take you on the thing and and hold your attention in a different way. But I, I, when I, when I realized that was something I could do as an alternative to this other rat race that I was in, I was like, Oh man, that's just like American Idol. It's just yeah. like, I know Moto's listen. It's, it's, it's like MMA or something like that. Or like at the NFL, all that like people build. And I, you know, for my day job, I tell people stories and stuff too. So I like, yeah. So anyway, it's just kind of funny that it comes up because it's something that I think about a lot and and I'm doing that with our whole, uh, cabin kids and all of that. Sure. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's all about the context in which these things are set up to where, like you said, you, those people were not necessarily talented, <laughs> but you, you, you were invested, you know? Yeah. So that's a, that's a power of the, the, that medium anyway, that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in looking to harness to my for my own sort of emotional profit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, it's it's what I'm doing anyways. But I realized it's a way that I there there was a new means of singing this singing my song. You know, anyway. No, no, that totally makes sense. And uh, yeah, I think it works. I mean, it hasn't yet, but it, but I am I'm excited. Because I've been, I, I was working on a project that uh, I got sidetracked, but um, is 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 uh, is is pretty pretty strong, and I'm excited to finish hopefully next year. But I've been wrapped up in a few other things, some of which will be coming out very soon. Some uh, of which are mine, some of which are motos, some of which are the, involved in the show. That's <laughs> so, so awesome. Um, I got a lot of bullshit I'm working on. <laughs> you said that, that uh, you like to have something playing comforting in the background. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things playing in the background, you, re- you since the last time we recorded, yeah, you watched something that I have been dying to talk to you about, <laughs> but I couldn't because I knew it would. It's for the show, but you watched mm-hmm. Mandy finally. I right? did. I did. When you said in the background, I thought you were going to talk about your dark tower art. Oh but no! I'll give you a break. I, I, well, okay. So we switched. Yeah, because you you did try to bring that up earlier. Well, show can you can you pivot your screen or no? Uh, I can try. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Ooh yes. Oh, you can't even fit it all in. That's what she said. Yeah, it's like it it, it they just keep going. Uh, and if we do this. Oh yeah! Look at it. Okay, All right, now you're not here, watching me, on YouTube. You're missing out. Let me uh, come over. Hang on, the fan fill on the. There we go. Is that where it starts? So this no, is this the is order. The, that's the last. So one, that's the though. end. Okay, that's, that's the seventh book. Okay. And then down there is the first book, but it's oh, like, yeah. 
That's almost all of them, and the, you can see all of them in the same shot. It's, I mean, so they're one foot by three foot, and there's seven of them. So that's seven feet, not counting mm. the frames, not counting the gaps in between. So they've been sitting in frames since I got them, essentially. And uh, I was wondering if they were shipped like that. That that's awesome, actually, that they were. Oh no, I had to get. No, the they frames. weren't. Yeah. Oh, no, I had okay. To, I had to buy them. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, they look beautiful. It, it, it's just a lot of art. Right? It's 21 square feet of art, not counting the frames and the gaps. So we had family come down this past weekend, and that motivated us to switch because the old office was bigger and the spare room was really small, which made sense until you realize that it just ended up becoming a catch-all. So we spent the last all last week swapping those two rooms and purging a bunch of shit, which needed to happen anyways. And uh, that kind of opened up this wall was a blank canvas. I mean, there's not... Um, my philosophy is when you rent, you know, you it's a pain in the ass to paint because you have to paint back the walls, back to white. But, man, just cover them with art. So like a lot of our walls, I have really either there's a lot of art or there's really big art just because that takes the place of painting the wall. Um, and so like this is a good example of like really big art where, you know, it, it's really easy to just put a little dab of plaster in each one of those nail holes, you know, versus like painting the whole wall when we whenever we move out. Yeah. Um and they just look they they look so gorgeous like having them up on the wall and uh you know they're they're these pieces that every time i i look at them i see more detail that he put into the prints which are awesome so yeah give a shout out to that if you remember or a moment to look at oh up. yeah the willow station it's been a while Will, yeah willow, uh, willow station or station it's been a while since we talked about them. Like Palmer ordered these prints of the like one print per book of his favorite Stephen King series, the Dark Tower books. Yeah, um, kind of cold from the internet. I don't remember what episode yeah, it was I, we talked. You know what's so funny? You got these hung up, and we're gonna. I, I'll later talk about. So oh shit! Was, it's the same thing. <laughs> Because our fun shit's two hundred and fifty dollars now. That's right, but it's been a while, like yeah. since that all that happens. And you ordered those since I ordered my thing, and and yeah. now it's now yours is hung up, and now uh, mine is. It's uh, so have weird the way that works. For yours, with little tease there for future. Oh yeah. shit! That's, how funny is that? that it that, is funny. Uh, oh man, serendipitous, right? That's right. That's a great word for it. But yeah, uh, they look. They've always looked beautiful. Like from the moment you shared the, uh, the the set of them before. Like I, they kind of looked like in the reference picture. It exactly what you've been able to manifest in that. Space. Oh yeah. Um. No, the mock-up. Uh, I, I mean, because the the picture that I that led me to purchasing them was obviously like an, an artist's rendering of what they would look like on somebody's wall. Like it was just like photoshopped onto a wall to make it look what they would look like hung up right oh yeah yeah you know what i'm like talking the JCVD, about uh gallery he's yes, yes <laughs> of his like potential that. movies <laughs> um and, and and so they but they look just like that and uh 
seriously go back and find that episode because it's a fun story but i sent in it a stranger 250 dollars paypal to stranger 250 dollars on the internet and <laughs> i thought i was never going to get them and then and then i was thought well you're just being cynical and then it was all around the time that um what year was that would that would have been last year or the year before but like it's when Texas got really hammered by like two hurricanes back to back and his printer was in Texas. And so oh. like it was, they were supposed to come in October and I didn't get them until February or March, like the following February or March. And I had written off the, like he finally sent an update and he's like, and I can let you know when I finally ship out your tube, I'm packing tubes now. And I was like, I'd rather just be surprised when it gets here. Like That was my reply. Cause I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, you're not going to keep stringing me along. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't need any more updates. I'd rather just be surprised. And then literally like a month later, I go out on my porch and there's a tube sitting there with these in it. And it surprised me. And it was wow. fantastic. So um, they're just gorgeous. I, I mean, like I have a tattoo of those books. I have, if you see on my bookcase behind me, there's like, that's my dark tower shelf. Oh, that's like them over your left shoulder. Hardcover ones right there. Oh, wow. Then, like, there's the dark tower comics are right below that. And then oh. the dark tower companion books are right there. And oh, wicked. I, I'm a little bit more familiar with this because of Castle Rock. Yeah. Uh, the, or the Castle Rock podcast. Whole, basically. Oh, that, yeah. From that square over is all my Stephen King I see. I recognize a few of those. There's yeah. the uh, there's it. There's the the updated stand, the dead zone. Oh, oh dead zone. <laughs> uh, under the dome is there it? You said it right. Uh, Christine, Tommy oh. Hunkers. Um, there's and then there's some more down on that shelf too. I, uh, it, Ash, she made she, she's just like she's like Quibby, where she's just like. Because I was like, we got too much shit on this bookshelf. We need to purge more shit. She's like, well, I'm not the one that has 35 five-inch thick Stephen King books. And I'm like, I'm sorry. He writes by the inch, okay? Like, <laughs> I saw him on a late-night talk show in the last couple of years where they had the paperbacks, just paperbacks he'd written stacked up, and they were enormous <laughs> like the, uh, the height of them i subscribe to uh a couple stephen king subreddits on reddit like i subscribe to the dark tower subreddit and then the actual stephen king subreddit and a big uh a big trend on the stephen king subreddit is people will take pictures of their collections um and to show like where it, like oh i found these at the thrift store today and it'll be like eight stephen king books that they paid like a quarter a piece for you know <laughs> or, uh, um but my favorite ones are the people like where they're like i finally finished my collection and it's an they have entire and it it will fill an entire bookshelf like his books will fill oh, an entire wow. bookshelf uh, like it it's mind boggling to think that that one person wrote that like that was in somebody at what well, into a person's brain, you know, <laughs> like, uh, no wonder he writes, he would, his head would explode like scanners. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I've never seen scanners. I only know that reference be from, uh, from Wayne's world where he's like, you ever seen scanners where that dude heads? Blow up, blow up? <laughs> I always think of the cover art, of course. Yeah. And I feel like it's, 
I know I have I could be wrong. I want to say it's Michael Ironside because the picture looks like Michael Ironside. And does John like, Carpenter have anything to do with scan or is that um not that I know of or it seems like it could be Cronenberg. Cronenberg I'm a little scared of Cronenberg. Yep, David Cronenberg, body horror. Uh, yeah. Is it uh you yeah, look it up. I want to know now if it's uh I'll be so pleased if it's Michael Ironside because it's it's like an artist rendering kind of he's like shaking. I can picture it in like hometown video. Yeah, no, uh, I have yeah, he's like like that, I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think it's Michael, <laughs> Michael Ironside. Ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> He'd be good at it too. Black. God, fucking, what is he? Not he's. What's his uh, Top Gun character? He's a uh, jester. Yeah. <laughs> 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 dead. Ah. His head explodes, and like jester's dead. <laughs> All right, so enough fucking stalling. <laughs> we got some. Oh, oh about Mandy. We yeah, got some yeah. Mandy talk. Okay. So I uh, we talk uh, Palmer gave his great endorsement of Mandy and uh, Long Walk Short Drink 54 the last episode. So I highly recommend you listen to that. And I will now I don't have a lot to add to it. So I like I want I, no, want, I more want to know, know like your I questions. Wanna, I just want to hear you gush just a little bit. About oh, gush. I was tr- I was excited, but a little scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. For those I wanted of you to make that sure. haven't listened to that episode, oh, yeah, I said yeah. this was a movie that I could not recommend to anybody. I knew two people that I could recommend it to, and Pumps was one of them. And then I did threw, you ever hear from him about that? I never did, but then I threw it out the window because it's just so good. Yeah, I remember when you sent the trailer. I don't know that it feels. It felt to me like at the time that you hadn't necessarily. You were just more intrigued by the story than you were the connection to Beyond the Black Rainbow. I don't know if that's true. But when I was I saw more th- intrigued by the this is the movie that's going to bring Nicolas Cage back on top. It's going to put Nicolas Cage back on top of acting like this is the role that brings him back as a reputable actor. That because yes, that yeah. trailer, the trailer came out like early in the summer. Right. All yeah. The and we buzz was it was like right after Sundance and all the bu- buzz was like, was it after it was after whatever film festival it premiered in? That's when the trailer started getting traction and all the buzz was this is the movie that's going to save Nicolas Cage's career. That's what intrigued me. And and the trailer itself which we watched together in in the in Long Oak Short Drink 54 is is stunning and I remember seeing it and I was like fuck that looks amazing and I think I looked it up and then I realized from looking it up cuz or maybe it says from visionary director yeah. uh Panos Cosmatos but um anyway i was i was very interested to the follow-up and just the long walk and what is in my mind the long walk short drink connection because that's how i learned of beyond the black rainbow and stuff but um yeah so i was interested in it and then of course once you saw it and were extra excited i was all the more interested and your impassioned review made me very excited to see it but uh something about it and the intensity of it made me a little scared uh i was just going to read the like one sentence imdb thing mandy is set in the primal wilderness of 1983 where red miller a broken and haunted man hunts an unhinged religious sect who slaughtered the love of his life <laughs> um and that's a great one sentence like, yeah like i love those that movie like that is i love those one sentence things because they have to jam-pack so many like so much into like so many words. That's why I love to read them. But that is that yeah. is the, that is the story. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and it's I, not a complicated story, but it's a very like visually complicated movie. Yeah. Uh, 
oh man so and we watched the trailer together and so i watched it i knew so basically i knew i was in for him having to witness her horrific death and so i was trying to brace myself for that at like you know 12 30 a.m on a saturday (laughs) and um and it's like an hour into the movie that all of that kind of transpires yeah Uh, so i was yeah i was always just a little bit scared of it to be honest and uh at the same time kind of riveted by it's like it's hypnotic it i i I remember and okay all over the place we also watched a little bit of the q a that was shown at the film screening that you saw um thankfully somebody in the audience of that uh same conversation put it on youtube and it's kevin smith our is friend of the show (laughs) is is moderating (laughs) Uh, yeah, a, a Q and A with the director Nicholas Cage and the co-star, who I feel gave he held his like he held it like he was right up there with Nick Cage. Yeah, I think. he was. Yeah, and then once I saw the movie, it was much. I could I could easily understand why the director initially thought of Nicholas Cage for that character. Yeah, um, it was easy to understand that, and I'm but I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Uh, and um, yeah, so I I watched that Q and A afterwards, and in that Q and A, the director mentioned that the movies he was inspired by as a kid or like obsessed by that made him want to be a filmmaker were, oh fuck, two, oh shit, maybe you'll remember. One of them was After Hours. Yeah. Was it? It was it the Road Warrior and yeah, After I Hours. Think, yeah, I think it was like one of the. There might have been one of the Mad Max movies for sure. Yeah, there there might have been one other movie. I feel like he might have paired something else with After Hours. Oh, it was Evil Dead Two and yes, After Hours were yes. the ones that made him want to be a filmmaker. And then he was also at some point obsessed with the uh, the Road Warrior. Yeah. And funnily enough, I don't know if it was related or not, but we talked a long time about Mad Max in the last episode. So all of that was fresh in my mind, and it. And funnily enough, I had never seen Evil Dead movies until when I moved back to Ohio, like get, when I was like getting divorced in, um, I don't know, 2004-ish, um, and reconnecting with whoever was left around in that area. That sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to see people I hadn't seen as much more regularly, yourself chief among them. And <laughs> I don't know why it came out the weird way before. But um, you recommended those movies or something which you had done before but since i was physically present you were able to like hand them to me and yeah. i had never seen like i'd never seen army of darkness evil dead one or evil dead two and i yeah. watched them all together and you know they're delightful i haven't seen them since but i do remember them very fondly from that time and when he said that those two movies it, like sparked his imagination to be a filmmaker evil dead 2 and after hours scorsese's after hours um because a lot of it had to do with how the camera could be moved i was like and then he said he was obsessed with the road warrior i was like wow like if you combine (laughs) evil dead 2 after hours not the events of them and the road warrior with say beyond the black rainbow you get mandy yeah (laughs) yes like it's right there in the best possible way of like a synthesis of those uh things and so if you haven't seen it and you're familiar with any of those like that's a good um thing to have in the back of your mind is maybe like a selling point as a mashup but yeah yeah a mashup that's a great way to put it 
when it was over, I remember thinking like, wow, this felt like a really psychedelic version of the last half hour of the original Mad Max. Oh, okay. like where Max becomes Max. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and there's the biker gang. You're going to think this is nuts, but there's some cyborg in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I'm sure. Sh- I totally I'm not saying that. he saw it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying like Cos, you know, Panos Cosmatos saw a cyborg. In fact, I was a little disappointed in him as a as a person with the way when Tusk, when when like Kevin Smith, he's like, I made some effects movie, and he goes Tusk, yeah, <laughs> like kind of shit. I was like, hey, bro, yeah. <laughs> but, in all fairness, though, Kevin Smith laughed at that joke. No, he does, but like Tusk is not a bad movie. It's just a weird movie. It is weird. Totally, but it's got a bad reputation because it didn't perform well. I I like Tusk a lot. Uh, I only saw that once, to be fair. Um, Yeah, like uh, Moto weighed in here on the cyborg, the satanic pirates. Yeah, yeah. So like that, the um, yeah. I mean, we laid out the plot of it, but like Nicolas Cage and his and his girlfriend or his wife rather uh, live in this remote area, and he's a he's a lumberjack. It's like 1983 and. And they His wife, so, like, they spend so long just getting you attached to those characters. That, yeah, I think that that is a great, like, just in his patience as a director. That first act is forever. Like you're just like, okay, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, because they're just, it 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 is arguably kind of boring, because they're just kind of laying around being a couple, you know, like. Yeah, and but because for me, because I knew what was coming, it was filled with such tension. Oh. And she's such a f- like that actress. Um, I have the IMDb page. The actress yeah, that plays Mandy. Cyborg, yes. Oh fuck! Yes. Oh my god! I'm a little scared thinking about it. Mandy Bloom. That's her name. Or no, sorry. Mandy Bloom is the character's name. Um, Andrea Risenborough, maybe. Sure is the <laughs> the actress who plays her but she has a very like haunting kind of creepy vibe yep. like beautiful in a way but a little scary like Wednesday Adams uh, yeah and honestly not altogether like a long-haired version of uh the actress in Cyborg <laughs> oh my gosh so many Cyborg uh, parallels I don't know yeah it, it, but it's something about so okay, so I wasn't thinking cyborg at first, but like you know, as you said, it feels like 1983, like the film stock or the the yeah. whether they shot it on film or not, they do a nice job of making it emulate the film stock of that time. It looks like you could have time warped back and rented this off a shelf in 1983. Yeah, and they do those cool um, title screens, yeah. almost like they don't call them chapters or anything like that, but they have the vibe of that time, like hardcore, like you'd see on a T-shirt. <laughs> yep it comes like crashing in and the font is like totally 1983 it's like it gives a location like it's a band name and then says 1983 ad as like a full screen graphic yeah and then it goes and kind of establishes that but so yeah it, it, the the plot or whatever is it is super simple like you, they set up this couple in this remote area and um then the nicholas cage's wife mandy is walking to her job at a general store and a van passes her full of um, a few a few people that are in a, a cult. Yeah, like with Linus Roach. What is his character's uh, name? Jeremiah Sand. Yeah, Great name. Such a- <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but basically he sees her and then you see his cult a little bit and he's just like, I need her. He's like, I physically need her. Like you have to get her for me. And then the, his sort of minions in the cult that, that worship him (laughs) essentially, they, they don't go to get her for him themselves. They kind of lure in this, what we learn. They conjure up. Yeah. They have this like mystical stone. Yeah. Oh my God! Which, when they essentially you know what's happening, they're just tripped out on acid the whole time. Like they're, they're. I know, but no, it's that's. I mean, the whole movie feels tripped out on acid in a way. Yeah. And it's and eventually like uh, Nicholas Cage's character takes a small hit of what I think they fucking drank those whole like jars of acid maybe, or something. Maybe to be as fucked up as they are. The exposition uh, is delivered so well. We're, minimally, yeah. We're minimally there's just enough exposition that if you're not paying attention you're going to miss it um but you find out that these these bikers that they conjure up using this mystic whistle that look like they look like hellraisers honestly that's right they look like they look like a cross between fenders gang and cyborg and the cenobites yeah and that's like not it sounds like it might be cool, and maybe it is, but it's also terrifying. <laughs> and there's a beautiful <laughs> shot because they're sleeping in bed, and like the lightning flashes. That's not beautiful. That's the scariest oh, moment man. in the movie. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so it's so well done. His use of color and lighting, oh, and just like because it, it's very powerful. Because yeah. earlier in the movie, when they do that overhead shot in their bed, he has her like it's like it looks like the galaxy is painted over her. She's talking about yeah. space. And there's like all these colors like over her and but then that shot where like the lightning flashes and it's it's those bikers plus his cult are there in that in that room and you know bad shit's gonna go down. Oh, and like Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, like I was so scared of it. And it was, it was Moto who probably hasn't seen Mandy. <laughs> it is like that moment in Cyborg in the flashback where so that whole movie, Cyborg, as it's rewritten as Jean-Claude Van Damme 1989 <laughs> classic. I can't believe episode 55, how much of a presence one of Van Damme's arguably worst movies is. <laughs> in our, in our, like, fuck. But that, that, that movie is so creepy, Cyborg, <laughs> and uh, the, the gang of flesh pirates. So that's, it's weird because the flesh pirate thing with the Cyborg what we've learned, what you'd learn in episode 13, if you listen to it of our show, when we talk <laughs> for hours about cyborg, I do, um, is that the initial concept was, it was like this rock opera, um, heavy metal rock opera in black and white, where those guys was much more stylized. And those, that gang, they were Satan, Satan worshipers. And there was this like bizarrely dark religious component to it. And they were killing people in this po- post-apocalyptic, um, world. But, the so the, and they were just terrifying and, and Fender was this um, terrifying presence. They all had <laughs> anyway, not to get in cyborg, but so but it were like kind of like a biker gang. They didn't ride bike bikes, <laughs> but like the, in Mad Max, they were a biker gang. Yeah, uh, the toe cutter and his gang, and uh, so th- it was like yeah, it's like you put the Cenobites from Hellraiser on on bikes and 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 that moment where it pans up from their like their their bedroom that had surrounded by all those windows yeah. to the kind of 
I don't know, not the horizon because it was nighttime, but and then there's this pink backlit, you know, group of, you know, <laughs> I guess I don't was gonna say like demonic bikers, but that's basically yeah what they are. But they're almost like monsters at this point. But it was like yeah. that moment in Cyborg where, you know, they you have this flashback to this love scene uh, in this in this kind of hellish world. And the, then the post-coital, like they're laying there, um, you know, in each other's arms and it pans up and literally feet away from them, like five, three to five feet away from, it's weird because on my porch, it's like the, the relationship could be the same. It's awful. <laughs> As Fender, like in his group, they're all just sitting there and you can see Fender's like blue eyes piercing through his sunglasses and you know like some fucked up shit is going to happen and it does and it's a little similar to like how Mandy dies. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, so well, I'll jump ahead because of the cyborg of it. Like essentially like there is somebody holding the end of a, a rope trying to, and as, as other people are kind of plunged to their death <laughs> and, and cyborg as, as the gang looks on. Yeah. And in Mandy, one of the gang holds the, and in cyborg, it's a little girl forced to hold a barbed wire rope as the her family is dropped into a well. This is cyborg. This is cyborg. Yeah, the cyborg. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say Mandy? And Mandy, one of the religious cult, holds the rope, holds a rope, not a barbed wire, as the character of Mandy is burnt in, in like she's put in a bag. Yeah, and he's alive gagged he with barbed wire though. He's gagged with barbed wire. Yeah. And so it's a weird thing with the combination of the religious cult and the the kind of evil gang. What about and that shot? Did it trip? Did it work on you? Oh, that yeah. shot where it faded in between Silas Roach and, and Mandy? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, <laughs> we were talking about... Um, or wait, so I skipped over basically so once they kidnap Mandy. Like, I don't know, the Linus Roach character, uh, Sands basically i think just wants to have sex with her like that's kind of his i don't know if he wants to keep her forever in his crazy cult or what but so he presents in this ceremonious way opens his balls out yeah (laughs) full frontal nudity uh and it's just like i've known the comfort of many women and then and they had given her like something like put it in her eye and then giving her a shot in her neck, like yeah, she was drugged out. Like yeah, so she was oh, like, "Oh, that's super... right, it wasn't a shot." Yeah, oh. the icing on the cake, as, as yeah. that lady called it, right? Um, oh, acid is very up. prevalent in this movie, and that's where. Yes. So you think the the bikers are this like supernatural force because they are conjured with this glowing whistle. And that's just because the people when they look like monsters, like their face, like they, is fu- like none of them have human. And they look like, like monsters. You find visitors. out that they were runners of the acid, like they ran the acid and they screwed over the guy who makes the acid. He, they, the, he found out they were using all the acid instead of selling it. Mm-hmm. And so he made up, cooked up this terrible batch of acid that it, it, again, like. Nick Cage like dips his pinky in the jar of it, and and it looks like dirty Vaseline, and he yeah, like, or blue even looks like a cross between like Vaseline and the blue milk from Star Wars. Yeah, to me. <laughs> and he dips his pinky in it and just touches it to his tongue, and it, he has an instant bad trip where his yeah. face literally melts off, uh, a face melting trip. And these guys, like Dave said, had been like drinking it by the jars because they 
they liked it. They liked the pain. They like, they are literally like Cenobites, like living Cenobites. Like, yeah, uh, I was surprised that wasn't one of his uh, things he liked. Yeah, yeah. And so the dick knife. The, oh uh, fuck! Yeah, that was so disturbing. Like, I wonder what a dick knife was gonna be. Uh, oh, but just to like close the gap of like people who won't. I mean, you should see Mandy if you feel up for this. <laughs> um, it's not a one-timer, though. That's, at times, I almost felt like it was because yeah. it felt like I was scared of it in the way that I have I am now scared of Last House on the Left and um, I Spit on Your Grave. Like, I thought it was going to be that kind of fucked oh, up. Oh, yeah, no, I, I can see that. I, but um, I'm super excited to see it again. Yeah, so it wasn't like I thought it was going to be disturbingly sexually like i thought it was going to be like a horrible rape death and ultimately he does like want to have sex with her but she's like high and still but still like has her own enough of her faculties to be to basically laugh at him not just because he has a dick out but because like he plays a song that is supposed to be like the carpenters but it's both by him and about him and it's all this thing about how he's he can't get his dick up (laughs) yeah yeah. so that makes her laugh harder and then like his cult starts laughing at him like kind of chuckling to themselves and he gets it's really she hurts his pride yeah and this guy's got an enormous ego like a a, a galactic the whole cult (laughs) aspect is that record that he plays nobody would like nobody wanted to distribute it oh sure it's like a manson thing yeah and so he was about to commit suicide according to him and god came to him and said no anything you want is yours you just need to take it and mm, so that's yeah. why he lives that's that is the basis of his cult is that he has this connection to god who said everything is his uh, yeah so yeah. and then it becomes a little like unforgiven at like at the lady that laughs at the dude's dick and then bad things happen but yeah. so they don't like rape her or anything at least not that we know but they do set her on fire in front of her husband <laughs> and then uh and then the revenge like the psychedelic revenge fantasy ensues which once i got through that i was like i was better you know but uh i was always a little on edge and i had trouble getting to sleep but at the same time i liked it and there were like kind of comedic elements in the way that you know at times nicholas cage when he was like covered in all the blood and stuff reminded me of, I don't know what they call the character in raising Arizona, but like that kind of road warrior looking character. Oh like yeah. 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 Cause he <laughs> yeah. like, he, he, the, he slowly goes and like picks off, not slowly. It all happens kind of quick, but he goes to an old friend first to get his crossbow. And, and yeah. that's, that guy was familiar to me. I don't know that's where the from. guy from predator who like oh. shaved in the like, I don't think I've actually seen Predator. Are you kidding me? Isn't that crazy? Oh. I know. Yeah. Is it clear? I'll be honest. Premier? I haven't seen Top Gun all the way through. So. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I hear it doesn't hold up well, but I'm very fond of it. <laughs> what is that guy's name? Bill Duke, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Carruthers. Yeah. And that so was a great he, scene. He, that the one great. that delivers the most exposition through the whole thing. Um, And you just, it's this, like, it's this line of, like, Uh, Mad Max esque quirky characters. I know him from Bird on a Wire. <laughs> anyway, so sorry. like he's in a lot of great. So stuff. he tracks down the bikers first and 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 kills them off. Yeah, he starts like with the most. Uh, that yeah. was sort of interesting to me. Like he started with 
the guy like the that character Bill, Bill Duke's character said like you're gonna I don't think you're gonna make it through this basically like those are some fucked oh, wait, up we individuals how about that <laughs> fucking bathroom scene though oh yeah that was everything I wanted to be except for it was like shorter I wanted it to be longer because yeah. I just wanted to go on forever maybe it was just being <laughs> in the theater and him being like 15 feet tall that it felt yeah. a lot longer than it actually was <laughs> but like Man, they hang on that for so long that it goes through the whole arc of like being funny and then kind of uncomfortable, and then you just feel terrible for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great scene. Oh, it's so good, and just the color. This guy's idea of colors and the way he uses colors is amazing. Like, I've never seen so many it going from like pinks and oranges to like greens and browns to like black and blues and then purples yeah purples there's like a lot of purple and like man just so much i i would love to see what he would do with technicolor like yeah. you know like uh but he uh yeah love it so yeah so then he goes and he hunts down the bikers and picks them all off one by one i love the i do love the scene with the cook like the guy that makes the acid because he's oh yeah he's slowly yeah. like i think that's part of it too is like he slowly becomes the people you know like with that any any revenge movie it does that where like the person yeah that's the like ne- seeking Nietzsche revenge you end up of, becoming as yeah. bad as the people yeah. you know and he does he's, this physically where he's like taking their weapons and taking their armor and and all and but I love when he goes to the to the cook who makes the acid and like he doesn't say one word like he doesn't say. One oh, word. yeah. They like telepathically yeah, somehow the, communicate the cook, like knows why he's there. And like he looks at the tiger and he's like, you're right. And he like lets the tiger out of the cage. and The tiger runs away like, oh, I love that scene is so good. Uh I'm 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 really enjoying this, but I'm about to burst. <laughs> I gotta I gotta run real quick. Oh no, let's take a <laughs> break because it's almost ten. So we're gonna sw- transition yeah. from Mandy to Frankenstein when we come back. I do you have other Mandy stuff, or do you want to try? I have a, a possible transition, unless. But I'm happy to keep talking, Mandy. I was just really no. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm so just trying pain. to watch the time because I want to try to stick to the eleven o'clock deal. So. Or, or yeah, I mean, ish. So ultimate, uh, ultimately, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm still a little scared of it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it, I would. I I mean, if you've heard us talk about it and you're curious, definitely check it out. It's on all these streaming. Check it services out. It's right so now. good, and uh, you can rent it on any of the streaming services. It comes out on Blu-ray at the end of the month. I think October 30th. Oh, yes, so, perfect. Um, it's a very spooky movie. <laughs> it's like I think when I checked on Amazon, you can pre-order it. It's 14.99 to pre-order it on blu-ray um oh cool i'm probably gonna end up doing that just because it's (laughs) i can't wait to see it again i only it was only in the theater for one night uh uh, when i saw it so but before dave burst let's uh let's yeah actually you want to play this so it's like a 15 minute thing but it's me with my uh dave's digs for the just to kick off the dave's digs it's a it's my unboxing video for the manuscript of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that was published by this French outfit in a very limited edition. So I got a number 300 and something yeah. and I put it up today, but I thought it might be something we could just let play while we take a break. No, that's and fine. Then, uh, um, I can talk a little bit about Frankenstein yeah, and it's, it's 200. Like 14 minutes, so I have it queued up now. 
uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet my mic and I'll get that all set up to play. Sweet. And then we'll we'll be back. Well, we'll be back in person after after that video plays. To talk a little more Frankenstein, then a little Castle Rock, and then we'll be off into that good night. Absolutely. All right. Stay. W- Don't fucking go anywhere, you two viewers. This is an amazing. Actually, the first minute of this is fun. Even though I have to pee, I might stay for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kind of produce a little opening. Awesome. Okay. Roll it when you can. For the 200th anniversary of uh, Frankenstein, there's a lot of kind of cool Frankenstein things happening. One of the first I was notified of is this, uh, this, uh, the new annotated Frankenstein edited with foreword and notes by Leslie S. Klinger. Um, and this is a gorgeous hardback um, book that, that this is not a video for, so I don't want to take up too much time, but I do want you to get a sense of this is kind of some of the cooler things going on. So the, the footnotes here are voluminous. Sometimes they go from page to page. Um, but then, the, yeah, beautiful pictures and just a really nice kind of finish to the whole dang thing. So I'm excited to dig into this, um, but this video is about um, a much more <laughs> expensive um, Oh, one more thing about this is that I think there's, so I only know of two other substantially annotated editions. This one, I believe, I want to say from 1993 with uh, uh, Leonard Wolfe. He did a bunch of these, like for Frankenstein, for Dracula, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, Am I right? Yes, first printing, October 1993. Why do I know these things? Um, Anyhow, so there was this for years, and I, I, I... marked this up over time and reasons I'll not get into but uh, so yeah when I was hipped by a professor uh, who knows of my interest in uh, Frankenstein um, to this new edition I got it immediately and have been really enjoying it I believe there's one that came out maybe 2004 or so that I don't have Uh, and actually one of the things about this book that I like that I think a lot of is is a published bibliography so I can fill out collection but uh, certainly probably the most rare definitely the most rare of all of these books is in this box so let's take a look here uh, so they shipped uh, it ships from from Europe it, uh, I believe there's some French there on the label it's very nicely insulated here <clears throat> oh my goodness whoa 
heavy. Oh yeah, that. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's pretty. Let's get this out of the way. Wow, I. I'm not sure how heavy, but it is. It's heavy. You can. I don't. I can't to see my arm straining there. But so SP Books, the manuscript of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. So I'm gonna slide this guy out. It's kind of a. Uh, so you see there, the stitching uh, kind of outline, you know, obviously it's supposed to be like sutures. Wow. So, again, uh, beautiful, heavy, you know, not a lot of, uh, it's a manuscript, you know, it's the written manuscript, so there's not a lot of like publisher information, which is, it's pretty cool. Just her signature there on the back. Sorry about all the mic rustling. It was Trying to find the best solution for this. There you go. All right, let's um, let's crack her open. So this one, while the uh, annotated Frankenstein has a beautiful kind of green pallor, this one is a little bit of like a, you know, a, I don't know, a muted blue, muted navy blue. Um, so SP Books. So this is um. Oh, there it is. Okay, this book bears the number. 328, authenticate your copy, all right. Find out other editions. Um, there's some other names of, I think, authors whose manuscripts they published, Mary Shelley's being the second there after uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and right before Lewis Carroll. Uh, so this page actually kind of comes out. I'll put it carefully off to the side here. Um, and there's the, uh, the limited edition to uh, 1,000 copies printed um, in my number 328. Uh, in uh, editor's note, uh, so there's a little bit of context about Frankenstein. First, uh, starting with, quote, we will each write a ghost story, said Lord Byron, one stormy night in the summer of 1816. Very familiar um, to all Frankenstein fans, and there we go. Oh, so it's, wow. This looks like, it looks incredible. Um, you know, you don't see, I have a, a book, I, I have, a, it's a Joy Division book for uh, the journals of Ian Curtis. And in that book, you know, you can see, um, you see the edges of the pages. It's a, certainly a, a very cool, um, you know, volume and, and really nice to be able to see that information. But what's really great about this is, sorry, about my, kind of, because there's certainly no edges of of what the pages might be. Um, so it, uh, in terms of like pages, it would have been scanned from or taken from. It's, it, you know, it looks as though it was scrawled on this page. And I'm, oh, there's a little drawing there of trees. <laughs> you know, certain things scratched out. Um, there's even some mathematical notations of some sort there. Uh, I wish I could find some sort of notable uh, passage, but I, you know, I'm not very familiar with this. Well, I, I mean, I remember this. Uh, it is with difficulty that I remember the era of my being. That's how uh, all the events of that period appear confused 
and and distinct. So that's when the creature starts to relay his his story to uh, to Victor. I wonder if we can find that. Uh, you know, on a dreary night, November, beginning in chapter five. Yeah, there it is. This is calling it uh, chapter seven. Um, looks like uh, in her hand numbered pages, page 75 here. It was on a dreary night of November that I beheld my man completed. Oh, that's interesting. With an anxiety almost amounting to agony, I collected instruments of life around me. A bunch of things scratched out. Might infuse a spark of being into the lifeless thing that lay at my feet. So you can. It was nearly. It was already one in the morning, and the rain pattered dismally against the window pane. Um, my candle was nearly burnt out, when by the glimmer of the half-existing, uh, extinct, no, extinguished light, I saw the dull yellow eye of the creature open. It breathed hard, and a convulsive motion agitated its limbs. So obviously the, that's one of the most familiar passages in all of English literature, and it's pretty much intact um, from what is ultimately printed in 1818 and then again in 1831 in the revised edition. Um, and then we'll fast forward here. So the, these first pages especially I delighted in interesting facts. It's really difficult to necessarily, I mean, it's, it does not start, for instance, with like the, the framing device of Walton's uh, expedition, encountering Victor. Um, five years, chapter. When I had attained the age of 17, I resolved that I should Go to University of Ingolstadt. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's just it's only from Victor's um, perspective. Chapter three is that? It's interesting. I think this actually resembles a book that I pulled to look at before ordering this one. That compares. Let me go grab that. Not to get too off track here, but another of the books. That I had the pulled from the, from my from my stacks there that I hadn't actually gotten to since picking it up years ago is this called the original Frankenstein. Um, it is published by uh, it is published by Vintage Classics in um, two thousand eight and. Uh, it is edited by Charles E. Robinson, who I know it was uh, definitely referenced in the uh, new annotated Frankenstein that I picked up. But so this is the, the original two-volume novel of the 1816 or 1817 um, from the Bodleian Library Manuscripts by Mary Wollstonecraft with Percy Bysshe Shelley. Now, so this is the two, uh, so it's two new versions of Mary Shelley's earliest drafts and, and uh, Percy's revised texts. So you can kind of see here, and this is, this is all typed out, of course. Um, and here, uh, you'll notice chapter, 
it does correspond actually to what we were just looking at. Yeah, so here you can see chapter 7 also starts with it was on a dreary night of November that I beheld my man completed with an anxiety. So that is actually, and you can see here, in this one you can see the, the page um, kind of edges. But how that, and that is, you know, page number 75 there, the, that's obviously what is reproduced in this. But of course you can see as, you know, the, the edges of the page and the, uh, the kind of hue uh, changing, even though it's in, in grayscale from, uh, from the, the text to the, what obviously is the paper, you know, it's kind of nice how you can see the, the jagged edges there. But what will be interesting is that I, and there's another page, um, oh, this looks to be the introduction. So I think I'm going to be having this in one hand and this in the other so that what can't be, you know, read clearly from this manuscript, I'll be able to see in print uh, in that volume. So it's uh, pretty exciting. Um, so there you, there, there you have it. I'm going to recommend three books <laughs> to get the uh, SP books if you've got you know, a pretty penny and you're a real die-hard Frankenstein uh, fanatic collector like myself. If you just want to s the, uh, the text of that, I'm sure you could still find this uh, 2008 paperback volume from, uh, what is it, from Vintage Classics. Um, and then, um, yeah. But yeah, again, thank you for watching. Thank you to SP Books for, for publishing this thing and making it available to people like myself. And um, happy 200th birthday to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That's long, yeah. Leave it to me to like review one, one volume for 15 minutes and then bring in several other volumes. But um, yeah, it's funny. That was recorded six months ago today in April when that arrived. Um, and I, I don't know why, but I just wanted to wait till Halloween to kind of put it together. And so no, well, it, that's another like awesome parallel because that's around the time that I finally received my Dark Tower prints, and like we ordered them around the same time. Because I remember finding that article and sending it to you, like, "Hey, this might be up your alley," and you were like, "Oh, I forgot that was you." I'm so yeah. glad you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, and you it like is. replied <laughs> back like the next day. You're like, "I ordered one of those." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks uh, gorgeous. Like it really is. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. And the scratch outs, like to see the scratch outs, and just like, I you're seeing her thought process, like in in creating that story, and. And then to know what it became, because you're obviously more familiar with the, like the actual published version of Frankenstein, um, man. Yeah, and actually the most familiar version to folks is the it's 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 somewhat heavily revised the 1931 uh, edition. So she changed. Okay, so just to back up, it's actually funny, too, that we talked about the American Idol thing and being able to kind of contextualize a story and have it be all the more interesting because of it, is um, just to give a quick overview, because this is a pretty famous story about how this story came to be. So in yeah. the summer of 1816, you had the daughter of feminism, basically. Mary Wollstonecraft 
wrote this book called On the Vindication of Women that was like the birth of feminism, essentially. I mean, to boil it down, really, basically. So her, she died in child, shortly after childbirth, giving birth to her son, uh, her son, her daughter, Mary, also Mary Wollstonecraft, who would later become Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, when she met the poet Percy Bysshe Shelley, uh, and they eloped, uh, and they ran away from home with Lord Byron, who was also a poet, and her married stepsister, Clara Claremont. And at the time, it, I mean, it was weird. Uh, like, it's hard to contextualize now. It's like they were rock stars of their day, Byron and Shelley, or rap stars of now, maybe, because <laughs> they're poets sure. or something. Yeah. But uh, That's fair. they were like, they called uh, uh, Byron mad, bad, and dangerous to know, and they were just like the coolest things around. And, um, and writing really exciting work. And they're now known as the romantics and stuff. And it was a big free love. Like everybody was fucking in that little menagerie and including, <laughs> I think Byron and Shelley. And, uh, awesome. um, but yeah, they went off to this, they had the, it was like the coldest summer on record. And at some point, and they're like, there's all these f- fucking geniuses <laughs> and essentially like literary geniuses. And they were, you know, having these long talks about, you know, intellectual things and, and I'm smoking, uh, or no, it wasn't smoking. What was it? There's like a lot, a lot of laudanum. Like Shelly had a drug problem of some kind anyway, but, uh, absinthe. and they were all, the there was some absinthe going on. Yeah. They're definitely in like Mary's stepsister, Claire Claremont was like wanting to try to, I think she was pregnant with Byron's child, maybe like trying to kind of have a kid with him, but he wasn't really having it. And, he had his his quote unquote physician along in this summer retreat, uh, Polidori, and it's so. There's this one night where uh, Byron suggested we should all write a ghost story. It's this very cold, wet summer. They couldn't really go outside, and um, out of that suggestion came Polidori wrote this poem or short storyish thing that kind of became an. It was a little bit, it's like this vampiric thing kind of based on the uh, manner of Lord Byron that people sort of say gave birth to what Bram Stoker would ultimately flesh out as the aristocratic vampire in Dracula. And, um, and then Mary Shirley wrote Frankenstein. And as she tells it in the introduction to the 1831 book, she went, she couldn't think of a story. And at one point she was like, she couldn't, she was like kind of in this half waking state. And she saw this like vision in her mind's eye of a young, uh, science student hunkered over the, the body of a man he'd stitched together and on the workings of some machine, the man like came to life. Cause they were having like these intellectual discussions about science. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, I've heard it described as like one of the last times in history that really learned people could know almost everything about there was available to be known. Yeah. <laughs> and new discoveries were being made and stuff. But yeah, so essentially she, this like 16, 17 year old girl writes this story that's now 200 years old in the public do- this year, uh, the 1818, it was published, I think, on January 1st anonymously in 1818 course people thought it was a man eventually people thought it was percy shelley and that one book that i hold up like there's this kind of argument that percy shelley wrote a lot of it but that book helps distinguish like his notes from her handwriting and the things that he added but essentially most of it sprang from the imagination of this this young girl um and it's argued sometimes that it's not a great book (laughs) but it's a great idea 
it is certainly far and away my favorite book and something a book I've been obsessed with since I was eight or nine years old. And, um, and so, yeah, so I thought that was a fun time because there's a lot of things happening around the 200th anniversary that if you're kind of curious, you can get involved in. Um, if you have not read the book, it's available like, I think NPR did a Science Friday thing. I'll tweet it out where there was there was a kind of a scientifically annotated PDF free version that anyone could get. Of course, listeners to our show could go to audibletrial.com <laughs> slash LWSD and, and download uh, their free audio, sign up for their free uh, Audible trial and download a free audiobook version of Frankenstein. Yes, sir. And there, there are numerous uh, versions thereof. I'm not sure if Audible has it, but one of my favorites is the... It's a bridge, so that kind of sucks, but it's like three hours. It's pretty well a bridge. Like, there's not a lot I miss, I recall. But Kenneth Branagh ran it, read it in 1994. Who is arguably one of the best portrayals of Dr. Frankenstein, right? In that, For like, me, yeah. That's not a 90, very well-liked movie, but I 90, love it. Because it's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, he plays Dr. Frankenstein and then, uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, yes. Yeah, thank he plays you. a creature. Plays the, the yeah. creature, the monster. Yeah. That's one of the closest versions to the novel that has been produced. So, I mean, the most famous rendition, famous, <laughs> um, came out in 1930. I'm not even that drunk. I'm just no. trying to talk fast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 1931, one of the very first, like, talky horror film the very first talky horror film was dracula with bella lugosi and the same year later that year was frankenstein starring a then largely unknown boris karloff who had been in like a hundred movies but was not you know famous i guess for for his uh his acting career but he did this indelible performance under the jack pierce makeup and under the direction of james whale in this incredible movie um that now most people, most listeners of our show will know Frankenstein, the kind of cultural, you know, the square headed monster, all of this. But if you are a fan of science fiction, which I know a lot of our key listeners are, and in particular, if you're also into the philosophical bent of that and have not actually engaged with the book, I would encourage you to do so. It's, uh, I think it's pretty re- rewarding. And there's, um, I mean, one of my favorite things about it is the language. I, the very first movie I ever like the very first dramatic thing that I ever did in live action. We'll know the first attempt at all, anything was a karate kid action figure drama in 1987. <laughs> but by 1988, I had seen the 1931 film and um, convinced my, my dad to point the camera at me as I reenacted it with Moto running around uh our, our our backyard and our home doing our best to like recreate that 1931 film. But I've been obsessed with it ever since then. Uh, and in like the early 2000s, I started to really think seriously about trying to adapt it like a bad, like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet or the, the Hamlet uh, update that with Ethan Hawke, like I love so much the language and the structure and the book itself. There's the incredible passages like the creature speaks perfect and eloquent English, not like the Car- the mute Karloff monster. So sure. at a certain point, like when he cr- cr- confronts his creator, he demands that he make for him a mate, like that is equally deformed as him so that he won't be alone. 
And he's like, but if you refuse, like, we'll glut the maw of death till it be satiated by the blood of your few remaining friends. And it's like this fucking great visceral romantic language that has never really been captured. So I had this idea that I could set the movie like a modern retelling around like when the first sheep was cloned in in the mid 90s. And try to keep it so that like every word that was spoken would be from the book. And there was a lot of communication and letters I thought could be early emails. Anyway, whatever. I've, I've always loved this story. And in this 200th anniversary, there's a bunch of ways in which I can engage with it. You heard a few of them in that video. I thought maybe I'll just give a quick rundown of things that not just me, but other people could uh, go out and see if they're interested. And sure. then, uh, then uh, time permitted, we can talk some Castle Rock. But this weekend, actually, I, I don't know if you can do this elsewhere, but we got an Alamo Draft House in the Twin Cities. Oh, nice! Yeah, I'm uh, um, I'm pretty happy about that. And there's actually they've been showing Mandy, but like they'll show it Mandy at like one thirty on a Monday. I'm like, fuck, I can't. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so they're showing a bunch of cool stuff, but a lot of them it's not particularly convenient for me. But on this Sunday, they're showing a double feature of Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, 1931 and 35. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Actually, that's based on a, a a goose. That actress saw a goose uh, do that when that he makes threatened sense. that. Yeah, yeah fuck geese. She put yeah. it in the movie. Fuck geese. Yeah. Rats with wings. Uh, rats with wings. Yeah. Anyway, the um, those two films, like the people, a lot of uh, film critics argue that The Bride of Frankenstein is even better film than the first, which I I think I would agree. But my favorite is the first. So, but even together, and there's actually like, a trilogy too, which is like the son of Frankenstein, right? Like, yeah, they kind of keep going. Like that's for me that I realized that was where a real love of that kind of continuity was born, and because the, the like comics and stuff like that. My first encounter with that were these Frankenstein and Wolfman pictures. Like they would they would yeah. keep the story going, and uh, anyway, but so th- those two play together as I mentioned, like the monster demanding a mate is actually part of the original story. So it it works pretty well. They're both spectacular films. I have seen them both on the big screen twice, but I'm trying to talk the bride into going to this new Alamo draft house this weekend to see him together. I saw him at the Highland theater, like film prints oh, in, nice. uh, in the nineties. And, uh, um, and then they did a fathom events type thing that I went to. Uh, a few years ago. But so I'm hoping to go to that. I'm not sure that will happen. Um, one thing that I do want everyone to know about, uh, we talked about it briefly and I was hoping this would work out, but Fathom Events is is um, putting into theaters the National Theater Live um, British sh- stage play of Frankenstein directed by Danny Boyle and co-starring um, uh, Johnny... Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch in the title roles. So like as doctor and, uh, in, in the Frankenstein monster and they, they swap. So on October 22nd and I looked there, some even near Dayton. So I definitely recommend oh, yeah. you go if you feel like it to one or both of these, I'm going to go to both. I've been to one before and now I'm going to go to both. Um, it's October 22nd is the Cumberbatch as the monster. Okay. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as the monster and Johnny Lee Miller as Frankenstein. And then on October 29th, uh, it will be Johnny Lee Miller as, as the monster and Benedict Cumberbatch as Frankenstein. So if you go to fathomevents.com um, and search uh, Frankenstein, you can see if it's playing anywhere near you. But 
Uh, I have seen this before. They refuse. And Denny Boyle, we've talked about on the show. Uh, we we like him quite a bit. Academy Award um, uh, winning director Danny Boyle does this theatrical presentation of the novel that is relatively faithful and really explores the duality of that, you know, creator created thing um, to great effect. I think I've seen the Pen- Benedict Cumberbatch as the monster. Uh, and for those uh, of you who don't, because I didn't know, I had to look him up. Johnny Lee Miller, I think probably the most recent thing that you might know him from, he plays Sherlock Holmes in the American show Elementary uh, with um, Lucy Liu. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's funny because Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, is is Sherlock in the uh, BBC series. In the BBC <laughs> Sherlock, which that's like the, yeah. it, and both of them are modern tellings of sherlock right yeah of sherlock Holmes, yeah. right absolutely the, the bbc is a little bit more i mean they have email and stuff but it has a, a slightly more traditional feel gotcha. that's that's spectacular if ever you get around to that each of those uh, is literally a one and is like a 90 minute movie they're, they're i had no love for that story or characters prior to that series yeah but after i, I really do appreciate that um yeah right. and i love i love this uh um the stage play so it's very cool and they, they I, I refuse am interested to in seeing that because i do like both of them as actors and i and i like that i'm more intrigued by the watching them switch roles um so if yeah, i were to do too. it i would want to see it see both of them so i could see them switch roles uh that would be very interesting to me there was a uh for one semester i was a performing arts major yeah at the University of akron and they did, uh, they did a production of the importance of being earnest, and there was uh, two characters. They weren't main characters, but there were two characters that they alternated the actors playing those characters oh. uh, throughout the entire production. And like one guy was a big guy, like he was big, like me, big, and the other guy was small, and. So they had to make two costumes. It's not like they even just like just traded the costumes. Like they had to make two of each costume. So then they could alternate. And uh, it was fantastic. Really. Oh, wow. It's a great dynamic for a stage production to like just to just swap up the actors depending on what night you're, you know, you're putting the play on. So that really intrigues me. Um yeah, it's I'm I've never seen both. Uh the but the one I saw of Cumberbatch was great. And so I'm going to do that too. Both are Monday nights. They have this thing where they don't want the the people involved creatively in that project. They don't want it to be like a thing you can see on home video. It will only be in theaters, they say. Oh wow. So I've been waiting to uh, for another opportunity to see it and um when I 200th anniversary I was like, "Oh, well, I hope it'll come around." And it is. So, and there's great um there's great stuff on iTunes, like great sort of supplementary podcasts and video casts about the theatrical production you can look into. Wow. Um, Jacko actually got me the printed, because um, he was living in England at the time when it premiered, he got me a, like a book of it. And I remember being really impressed by that adaptation. He got it for me a couple, like a year or so after. In 2003, I was in an English class where I learned that they were doing a, in this community college, they were doing a production of Frankenstein as a play. I was like, I gotta be involved in this, but it was too late really for me to get involved. Yeah. And I got like crazed and and seized upon the opportunity and essentially like created something that was probably 
four times too long, but like a distillation black box theater version of the book that I was like, I was like, you guys, here you go. I know you probably got a script, but, <laughs> and they were like, okay, thanks. We can't do anything. <laughs> they didn't say that, but ultimately somehow, uh, and I haven't even had the courage to read that since I'm sure it's terrible. Uh, but in any event, um, Jacko ended up doing the makeup. He was living in Pittsburgh at the time. Yeah. And he did a Bernie Wrightson kind of inspired makeup uh, physical appliance for this terrible theatrical production in Raleigh, North Carolina. And like I drove out to Pittsburgh with these guys and uh, Jacko made this mold of a guy that was not, he was a sizable monster. He was not like a gaunt <laughs> figure. He yeah. was a pretty sort of heavy set dude. Anyway, that was all a very fun experience. But uh, so, yeah, so I have some interest in like a theatrical interpretation, any interpretation of that work, because I'm so familiar with it and, and have myself made two versions of it in 1988 on home video. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Dreamed of a big screen, you know, postmodern adapt. Like I have this tight, like this pretentious, ridiculous title. The subtitle of the book, it's Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. That's what it's called. Like Frankenstein sub or semicolon or the modern Prometheus, which is like Prometheus was the Greek um was he a greek god or something no, a titan that stole fire from the gods yeah stole fire from the gods and uh so i wanted to call it frankenstein postmodern prometheus <laughs> so stupid anyway i haven't done that but i i enjoy the whole thing and uh i'm looking forward to all these ways in which i can experience it um just quickly there's very coolly for me no one else unless you live in the minneapolis area uh, can go to the University of Minnesota where they're hosting a series of Frankenstein at 200 theme talks. I've got to go to one of them so far. Awesome. And um, you'll be so shocked and odd that I didn't bore people with my bullshit there. I wanted to until the first person opened their mouth and I was like, Whoop, I'm not going to be one of these people because <laughs> I can't stand them. <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> I just appreciated being able to think about Frankenstein in a room full of people also experiencing it. But I was like, you're a dick, you're a dick. I'm a dick, but I'm not going to let you guys know that I'm a dick. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I'm a dick. it was fine. They did. Uh, the one thing was like, they showed a clip from the 31 movie and the guy was trying to remember like, oh, what's the name of this actor, Edward? I'm like, Van Sloan. He's like, thank you. I was like... <laughs> Anyway, but I'm going to one more of those. Uh, there's a few different ones, but for some reason, they don't all interest me. But on the 23rd, um, if you live in this area in the Twin Cities, you can go and see Monster Readings, where Twin Cities professional actors exhume Mary Shelley's hideous phantasm of a man. Uh, and they're going to be like reading passages from the book, actors. So I'm hoping that we'll maybe they'll do the glut the maw of death thing that I like so much. Um, and then finally, the, the last thing... Um, I got tickets to, um, there's a famous, or I mean, regionally famous, or I don't know, um, theater here, Guthrie Theater. Uh, they're play, they have a new play by uh, adapted by Barbara Field, directed by Rob um, Melrose, called Frankenstein, Playing with Fire. And uh, it is, it's a slightly kind of different spin where it's like it has Frankenstein dying in the Arctic and meeting his monster and then trying to right their greatest wrongs, as they say. So I think they, Frankenstein does play with time a bit and it is, does have an Arctic framing device like of a, someone trying to discover the North Pole. Um, but I'm guessing this, this in, in the book, like the two of them meet about midway through. Um, and, and then the creature tells, uh, 
his creator, like what happened to him since he was abandoned after his creation. Anyway, I think this one puts it at the end of the creator's life in the Arctic. And that's where they kind of, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little bit of a different spin, but we got front row center on uh, October, I want to say 29th toward the end of that run. And that will be kind of round out the month for me of uh, spending with Frankenstein. So there it is. There's Frankenstein um, at 200. There's a found footage movie. It's really low budget, not very good. Um, that the, uh, the main character essentially is a descendant from Frankenstein, Doctor Frankenstein, and proves like has a hypothesis that the the book Frankenstein is actually accurate. It's true. And that the monster is still alive in the in the North Pole, and so he takes an expedition up into Alaska, and finds the monster. It's a found footage movie, so it's like oh cool. But they find the monster, and he kills everybody basically, and, like, hunts them. <laughs> oh, wow, and, uh, I'm it, in. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's very low production quality, and I I, I mean as good it, the production quality looks like Blair Witch without being as appealing at all like it's not as appealing at all um <laughs> but if i find the title for it i will uh i'll i'll, I'll text it to you because it, it was on netflix when i watched it but it was very it was in it was very intriguing just from the perspective of liking frankenstein which i don't like frankenstein anywhere like you know frankenstein's like your dark tower right yeah i think so uh, <laughs> so uh just from the perspective of, but I still like the story. Uh, I have to say, if you find young Frankenstein playing anywhere, I was lucky enough oh, to God, find. Yeah. Uh, That's at Alamo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was lucky enough to find a, a few years ago. Oh, longer than that. Now uh, there's a, there was a theater that did a, um, a, a talk along showing of, um, young frankenstein where you were encouraged to say lines along with the movie or shout jokes out along with the movie like in in like a mystery science theater type style it wasn't a film print it was a dv a blu-ray that they played but uh that was super fun um you know everybody made the horse noises when they said fabulucha and uh it's like I remember what my old man would say in times like these. What the hell are you doing in the bathroom day and night? Don't <laughs> you get on there and give someone else a chance? <laughs> I have a hump. <laughs> oh what man. hump. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie is pure joy. And it's it's one of those bizarre uh <laughs> like spoofs of a movie that is also really highly regarded amongst like aficionados of the source material. Like people, I don't know. That's a highly revered, oh, the moto chime in, in here, the, you know, uh, werewolf, like werewolf. What? Their wolf, <laughs> their <laughs> castle. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. <laughs> no, I don't want to. So yourself. I'm easy. <laughs> Could maybe do so that i've heard swans are worse too i just saw that on there oh yeah yeah swans are fucking all of them are dicks like seriously <laughs> i want it i want like you know how like people are like i hope that one day 
I'm crossed by this person so I can finally like kick their ass. I want nothing more than a goose to like just pick a fight with me. Because I'm just <laughs> like, I, I hate them. <laughs> They're, I hate them. They shit everywhere. They're fucking mean. Fuck. God damn. <laughs> They're like legally protected. Why? Why? There's a million of them. Why are we protecting them? <laughs> oh. oh, what does he say? They could break your forearm with their wing. Fuck. Jeez. I don't know if you want to get involved in that. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's worth it. I I got two forearms. I'll lose his legs. One. Legs. He's kicking one of these with his fucking legs. That's what's falling down. Oh man. <laughs> no, this oh, is a great man. time. It's 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 Halloween time. Yes. Yeah. That was part of my thinking. I was like, let's talk Frankenstein around Halloween time. Uh, we gotta. Um, we have to do some horror movies. Let's do some horror movies. Absolutely. We get one more recording, and I'm gonna remember it this time. I'm so fucking terrible because I'll like two days. It, usually, what happens? At least it wasn't the day of. I'm I've I've done that a few times, but I'll text Dave and I'll be like, "Uh, what are we supposed to talk about again this episode? I can't fucking remember." <laughs> and it's not because I drank too much or anything like that. It's just. Uh, that's all right i just can't remember i have this uh, so that we might uh probably cut this out um because i was wanting to run this by you um on october 31st would be a wednesday that we record uh, but i didn't know if a A, you had halloween plans but we kind of have standing plans with the bride's cousin okay um and i had this idea i've had this idea for a while anyway and it might work out i was kind of thinking of doing a because that's the 20th anniversary of when I finished my version of The Crow, I thought about doing a clip show, basically, where I grab... Uh, there's at least three times we've talked about it for a sizable amount of times I thought I could pull from. <laughs> Friday is creeping on me. What are you doing, bro? Oh, hi. <laughs> she gave you a dog. Deal with this dog. No, she's just like giving me a... Hi, give us a kiss. No. Usually this one like will literally devour my nose. All right, get out of here. I'm, I'm making podcast magic plans. <laughs> Wake up, Maggie. I think I got something to say to you. It's late September. Oh, we're gonna get <laughs> really should be back at school. Oh, it's too what? close. It's what? too. It's gonna get blocked. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a fucking the the last episode. It was 15 minutes. It was up for 15 minutes before we got a copyright claim on it. Oh, yeah. And then, but like you can clear it up. That part's cool. But it's weird. Like it was, um, I did a clip from We Don't Need Another Hero. I was so having so much fun with it. But it was like, it was bizarre. It was like blocked in these countries I'd never heard of. And yeah. then I could click a button and it just kind of went away. Yeah. But, but it was like, it was do? like I got the notification that the episode had gone live. And then like 15 minutes later, the uh blah 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 has a copyright claim against this episode. Yeah, this, it's the, insane. Like it's that it's fucking like, bot. It's those goddamn bots. And it's here's the thing that frustrates me is because I'm willing to bet that you had that up on YouTube before you let it go live. If you're just gonna run a bot through it to like put the copyright claim up, how about you do that before we go live with it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. it's on your fucking server, anyways. Just be like, hey. Heads up, 
you're going to get a copyright claim on this if you unless you scrub out these things or you sign off on this shit or whatever you have to do you know <laughs> yeah it's bullshit yeah no, it's but we love it's you frustrating. like, like we, I yeah mean, i mean there's a lot of good things would not exist without you and it actually just, they are more lenient than you would think like we they'll often what i've noticed is so our accountant is a good standing they'll just like flag stuff that basically can be monetized by who owns it so every once in a while basically twice once with top gun and once with uh mad max thunderdome we got nicked not not nicked on our account but like they're saying oh no and then the the crams episode which i looked into that one it was the rattle and hum clip super short clip um but they're just blocked in like every fucking country yeah you can't so do you have to trim that clip out then is that how you get rid of sometimes sometimes they give you options like with the top gun thing i was able to just hit a button and then it basically muted that portion i think oh okay um i don't think anything has happened to uh and this probably because we live in the United States and that wasn't the con- one of the countries, but I don't think anything happened to the last episode with the Mad Max song. For whatever reason, though, that the the Crams Palmer's Picks thing was just blocked like everywhere. It's so weird yeah. what they'll... But but they don't catch that much. I, so I actually, today, I tried to post that first minute of my uh, unboxing video to Instagram and it includes this cue... I think it's called like Mysterio. So it's one, it's the only music in all of Frankenstein 1931. And it's at the beginning and it was flagged instantly. I've never had this happen. I don't post that much to Instagram, I guess, but like Instagram was like, no, you can't have this. I was like, what are you kidding me? You have 1931 Frankenstein's opening credits like on your do not playlist. But it, it, it just, and it's just an algorithm that's, that's essentially scanning the sound, like the, the, the sine wave of the, yeah. Of the of the audio to see what it matches up with, it, it, like the way Shazam works, that's what their algorithm does. Oh yeah, what baffles me though is so much of YouTube. You know, like you can find anything on YouTube, all of these things. Like, how often is it that whatever you find has anything to do with the people who created it? So, like, how did those people not get it blocked? It I don't know. Me. I don't know. Well, video wise. The one thing I've noticed the way a lot of people get around like using videos is first, well, fair use. There's a lot of people make the argument for fair use. Yeah. So, like, I've, and I've looked into that for both my day job and this. And I think um, a lot of what we do falls under that. Um, so like uh, I, I know like the, the channel Every Frame of Painting that I've talked about and then Just Right like both of them use like they do video essays essentially and creating uh, something new like a new work yeah um criticism every frame of painting he he actually wrote an essay explaining why he wasn't going to continue making videos anymore and it was because it was like literally he was like frame shaving frames because you're again I've heard like with audio, you can use up to eight bars without really there being any consequences, which I don't know how many, how many seconds that translates to, but it's not very long. Right. Um, uh, so I'm assuming there's something like that with video where it's like he would be shaving off frames to try to get past the bots, like to keep the bots from flagging it because there there's a certain allowable amount maybe and it just became too time intensive for him 
But oh, if you I can, can, I can only imagine. I actually kind of can, and it makes yeah. me want to cry. Yeah, <laughs> to think of what he's uh, gone through. Because uh, um, so, any small change to a video, particularly like HD video and stuff, like the change might take you five minutes, but the exporting, the uploading, oh, it's yeah. going to take you an yeah. hour regardless. Yeah. So, um, I I have found that a lot of channels, the way they get passed with video, is they reframe the video, like they zoom in. So that it's like, oh. yeah, like it, 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 and it keeps the bots from being able to see the entire frame, like because they're looking for the whole frame, right? Mm-hmm. But if they, uh, I noticed this a lot with um, uh, one of our guilty pleasures is Vine compilations from the like the dead platform Vine. Uh, a lot of people have taken and spliced together a ton of vines, and then they'll put out a compilation. And sometimes, like a lot of those are shot in where they're like portrait cell phone video, and mm-hmm. the, these Vine comps are widescreen where they've just zoomed in the middle portion of that. So like people get cut off, and like you know, but that they've changed the video enough that whatever algorithm is looking for those things, it it you can't recognize them because they've reframed the video in some way. Um. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love that. Moment. That's how I watch Cyborg on YouTube. And he said he's had some Halloween crow fun watch. That's you know it's funny. Remember we uh, one of the times I'm sure it came up in the clip show, but one of the cast members commented on like a the bootlegged YouTube yeah. posting of the crow that I made. Uh, that he watched on Halloween night, I think of last year. Um, but yeah, that was my thought to uh. To kind of bridge that gap as 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 what would be maybe a point five, I don't know if I'll call it point five necessarily, but basically it would come out, you know, how we do Wednesday stuff. It would be a Wednesday record day, but since I can create it ahead of time. But we um, just wouldn't record. You would just upload blo- that. I would up. just upload, yeah. yeah no, so we would have um it would mean us I don't know if we can decide later if like we want to basically just like skip that week or actually record the week before or just record the week after or something like that but uh, well if it's supposed to be a record day let's just put that out as a video instead of, i mean because our record days are essentially video broadcasts right yeah yeah and then we'll do uh and actually here's what i'm thinking of doing i'm not gonna do oh the but movie we wouldn't movie. have an episode to put out the ne- i see what you're saying we wouldn't have an episode to put out the next week Is that yeah what yeah yes yeah uh all right. Well, but we can we'll think about how that can how we want to work that. Like if we well, want to pre-record maybe something, we could split the episode that we would record on the seventeenth. You know. Yeah, maybe. Or or record on a different night or a rec- different day or something, so you don't have yeah, to. We'll cross that bridge maybe, when it comes next. Yeah. How about maybe next Logan. video though. Let's do a or the next time we record, which would be the seventeenth. Let's do uh, and we can talk off off air and figure out exactly what we want to do, but let's do a, our live Halloween recording on the 17th where we're, Oh like, yeah. Where we either talk about scary movies or, um, yeah, I sure. like the idea because the thing about Halloween, like what would be fun about dropping the crawl on that day is, uh, well, there's various things, but I like the idea of, I don't, yeah, it's not Halloween yet, but it's Halloween season. We're getting to enjoy it. That's why I wanted to put the Frankenstein stuff out in this one because, like, people could engage with some of this stuff after they hear about it. So I like the idea of spending October in this kind of spooky space. Yeah. 
What is, yeah, what's Palmer? Or Palmer? What's uh, Moto say? He's like alone, alone. headphones <laughs> in the dark. Dot in dot the dot. Nude. In the nude. <laughs> I don't know that reference. The Jacko. Oh, Jacko likes to when he that was from actually the YouTube oh, video. <laughs> yeah, he likes to experience things. Well, how he sometimes they things. Oh, you know what we should do? We should tell scary stories the next time we record. Oh, that's intriguing. You got some? I don't know if I do, but... Or scary stories says tell in the dark. Oh, God. Remember that from being a kid? Those are terrifying. You're not... You're going to shit yourself. Pause for one second. Look at it right behind him. Mika on the couch. Looks like a Shays Lounge even. Because my bookcase is up here now. Scary stories to tell in the yes. dark. Yes. Oh, look at how views that is. More scary stories to yes. tell in the dark. Scary stories to tell in the oh. dark, volume three. I don't know if I have volume three. Are those like the book editions, like the Scholastic? Yeah, the Scholastic, Scholastic editions. I think I have those too. They have the prices on the front. And this is something I used to be really, because I wanted to, like, I loved libraries so much. I used to take packing tape and laminate the paperback covers. Oh. <laughs> so they're, they're ruined collector why i mean why would you even collect these but like the oh, books why the- i no, i know why you would i relate to that totally i would actually i purchased contact paper and i did some terrible contact paper jobs yeah so this one is it's not the it's not the big like these two the the first and the third one are like they're bigger and this one is like almost like the pocket edition um yeah yeah I, oh man, I think I have those too. Um, not the third one, but oh, that's so yeah, cool. Love, love these. Uh, they they made. They're making these into a movie. They're making a scary stories to tell in the dark movie. I did not know that. Yeah. Fuck yeah! I mean, that's so great. Like, like this, I remember being a kid and thinking this is too scary for kids. Like yeah, the the hook on the car one sticks with me and. Yeah, it was even the artwork is scary. The yeah. the cover artwork is, is like they're is, fucking terrifying. They are scary shit. So, oh man, I love those. Like you said voice. you just happened to say those, and I'm like, I got my bookcase up here now. I got them. Oh yeah, I love it. That sounds like a great plan. Um, <laughs> we've almost burned. Oh, so yeah, so we'll drop the crow. What I'm thinking of doing with the crow thing is doing like there's. A, so we'll do the clips. I can't show the movie. You know what's funny about we were talking about Google. I've been f- having fun posting stuff to uh, Instagram. I yesterday was twenty five. I happened to have this VHSC compact tape that said "Dying Breed Ending Scene," and so I knew like where I was twenty five years ago to the day as the sun set. Like I knew what I was doing. I was making this like action movie with Jackson Jacko, and. Uh, it's you know I'm doing the helicopter kick and stuff and I I you know these are not good movies but like I like uh, they make me smile I, I and I was thinking about it I was like you know what I'm just gonna toss it up 25 years ago to the day <laughs> and I did and I didn't tag him and I literally said it in a post I'm like I'm not you know kicking the ketchup out of my buddy playing the villain because he's like spitting ketchup out of his mouth whatever <laughs> but I got kind of like shut down by Jacko not really 
<laughs> but oh, you just, asked him if you could put it out, and he. Said, I didn't no. ask him. I did. I didn't ask him, but I didn't tag him. <laughs> and it's like a sixty-second clip, uh, and I tried to minimize his appearance. But he, and I said at the end of the post, I'm like, "Yeah, this is thoroughly foolish to post, but what the hell?" Made me smile. And then, like at in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep last night, so I was I was up when he shortly after he posted. He was like, "This is thoroughly foolish to post. Delete it." <laughs> <laughs> it was not shitty though like he put a smiley face but yeah i, I deleted it but that, that's the drag about this like stuff that i've made as a kid that i don't mind because i'm in a place where that's the case but like i could totally understand for jacko who's using instagram social media posts to further his livelihood like i wouldn't want, yeah. like reversely like i wouldn't want i don't post about my actual i have a i don't post about my actual job Sure. Because I don't want to like mix. I don't want to cross the streams, you know? Yeah, don't cross (laughs) streams. Yeah. So anyway, so I I had some fun interactions with just a couple of people and then I I put put it away. Even though I don't think he was serious, but what the hell? I mean, I I don't want him to feel bad or anyone who was kindly enough to be on camera. Similarly with The Crow, I can't post it. But there's this half hour thing. There's this half hour like featurette thing that we made that crow the dude called he called himself crow was starting to make a documentary about the crow and used uh kind of our thing as a vehicle interviewed jacko and me yeah so it's like this i was creating like this kind of vhs little featurette sets up the movie and then the movie and i realized recently that that would work like i so i think what i'm gonna do is like put that somewhere either in the middle or at the end because it shows enough about like what we were up to and it's all like it's completely narrated it's very audio nice uh so it's good for the podcast and it also is um i feel like jack jacko has jacko talks a lot in it and stuff but like he is making his case as an adult for his participation in it as a kid (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Uh, who also like by the way uh, we were it was his birthday recently and stuff and I, we were trying to catch up but he's got a lot going on kid building a house etc lives in europe and i was like you should come on we should we should we should talk talk like skype and stuff which we do sometimes but i was like you got to come on and do a cabin kid episode and he's like oh, okay, yeah of course but he lives in the future like 12 hours in the future oh, so we'll, yeah. fi- we'll figure it out at some point in any event this was the compromise i i reached like i i thought like i can't post the video video of the movie and it's not that great there are some cool things about it but it's like this half hour thing i think is enough and so we can create this like time capsule on the long walk short drink as something that comes up on long walk short drink that you can listen to like episode what 57 to hear about this uh crow business we'll see if google catches it or jacko (laughs) or jacko uh so so we'll say that's going to be our 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 recording session for the thirty first. Yeah, maybe like we'll Halloween do a private episode. recording somewhere in there that could be our actual episode that comes out on the seventh. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we'll figure out a time. We won't we won't live broadcast that recording. We'll just do it, maybe something. that could be the Logan episode. You know, we have to do that on a non weeknight oh, anyway. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's possible. Yeah, we'll see if we'll we can see work that out. out. Um, but let's plan for our live recording of our, of our, our Halloween episode to be the 17th, our next recording. Yes, sir. And we'll figure out between now and then off air what exactly we're going to do. 
Maybe yeah. we'll have a cannibalized short story that we could discuss. Whoa! In that episode. Oh my god! I have a really, I have a really great setup uh, for the short, for the short story. I don't know how much it works and how much it aligns for what we've talked about. I mean, you know, a project like that is it's going to grow and change. You know, it's not, it's not going to look anything like that conversation that first conversation that we had about it that was oh like, yeah that's its own beauty yeah <laughs> Doesn't um, <need> to. <laughs> you know even if it ever materializes into something it will never be that right because it's going to grow and change and uh but i have this i have this idea for the short story at least to try to like springboard into the movie oh uh, that if i can pull it off it'd be great so i'd like to not for cannibalized Huh? I'm always up for cannibalized content. Oh yeah. So uh maybe for the seventeenth we can be between now and the seventeenth, I'll sit down and, and try to hammer out a rough draft of something. Uh do you wanna try and do uh that'll be our Halloween like a quick list of some favorite scary movies? Sure. Yeah. Maybe totally we'll have that. them in reserve. Like I have, I have them from that thing I made the bride in 2006 and I doubt they have changed too terribly much. <laughs> well, let's, let's, um, let's just, we'll do that off air cause we're running yeah, short yeah. on time. So, yeah. uh, let's just via text message between now and through next week, figure out a plan for the 17th, but we'll just know that's going to be our long walk, short drink, Halloween episode recording. Yeah, that so will come out on the twenty fourth, which will be the week before Halloween. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So spooktacular month here on LWSD. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm totally down, totally down. Maybe someday we'll talk about Castle Rock if you're lucky. Well, no, okay. So I'll leave you on this because I watched. So when I finished Castle Rock, I just put Castle Rock in YouTube because I just wanted to see screen caps and video titles on what people were thinking about the show. And the one that intrigued me the most is why the kid is Pennywise. Oh, that's a, that's this fan theory that's postulized in this video. And so that really, I mean, cause they're both. Okay. So the kid is a character in, in castle rock. He's referred to as the kid, but he's a grown man. Um, yeah, that that was where I only learned that they called him the kid through, through the, the Castle Rock podcast. Yeah, and that was because I think that was because they didn't want to spoil it. Um, yeah, and also didn't want to name him. Like that's the thing about Frankenstein. Like the the book is called Frankenstein. It's about the guy named Frankenstein who's a fucking sophomore in college that stitches together a human being whom he never names. Yeah, that creature does not have a name yeah this and this like being doesn't have a name unless they're both henry deaver yeah i don't know <laughs> um but he's played by bill skarsgård who plays pennywise uh in the in the mo in the new version of it and so i watched that new version of it because we added hbo to hulu and, and it is available um on hbo right now God, first off, God damn, that movie is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, got the Blu-ray. I'm going to watch it again. The, 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 there's a beautiful. feature on the Blu-ray is beautiful, too, about like the making of the movie and where the story came from and whatnot. I, um, I got to make time for that. There are things, though, that make me really think that that 
theory is really good. Uh, so yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So think about that a little bit. Like, is the kid like could the kid be Pennywise? Um, but yeah, we have to talk Castle Rock at some point. We didn't do any King Corner at all. Where are you, are you still working on the chronology? What are you on right now? Um, I I had finished the the Running Man, and next for me, based on your recommendation of skipping um, and kind of condensing and uh, the Dark Tower experience the what is it seasons what is it different, different seasons, seasons would be the next thing uh i've been really enjoying and binging the david lynch uh room to dream audiobook so i have not engaged in like Stephen king stuff um but i uh while i watch a fuck ton of castle rock hulu extras today which are rewarding i would recommend that if, are they on the hulu? show yeah they're just like extras they're like blu-ray or they're like dvd extras oh, they're, nice. one of them in particular um it's a little bit like the podcast, like that thing about Castle Rock, like the the introductory episode that's more about Stephen King lore and the real. Oh, New yeah. England. I love like, that first episode because they like go to people that give tours of, of the yeah. cities that he uses as his inspiration. Yeah, exactly. There's like a video version of that that's not the same, but it's similar and it's really beautifully done and awesome yeah, so i, have to check I that really out. i highly recommend any and all of the they're, they're mostly short too they're like two three minute behind the episode things what was i saying all that um yeah so i've been listening to that room to dream uh david lynch thing oh but i so i've got that creep show thing coming uh it, oh. from shout factory but i also ordered this other anthology uh movie that was directed by the Firestarter, um the the guy who directed Firestarter, uh, called Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye, I think it's called. Yeah. I've never seen it. It came out I th- maybe even the same year, nineteen eighty-five. Yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I think it's a a lot of, uh, it's some kind of it's like Drew Barrymore is in it, and it's ties I like together. Cat's Eye too. Cat's Eye is really good. You have seen that? Okay. Yeah. So, so I got those kind of. Uh, I love all those anthology horrors. Like there's. Yeah. Um. There's a 70s one of Tales from the Crypt. I love the Tales from the 70s? Yeah, it's, oh. it came out in the 70s. Ugh. I love <laughs> the Tales from the Crypt show that HBO did. That show is amazing. Um I love Cat's Eye. I love both creep shows. Uh Tales from the Dark Side uh was one oh, in the yeah. late 80s, early 90s I really liked a lot. Yeah. Um that Tales from the Dark Side is really good. God is the the there's one in there about a gargoyle that's just fucking amazing. It like oh. rips your heart out emotionally and like Jesus, that's such a great movie. Love it. I I think in a lot of ways, uh Long Walk Short Drink could always be Halloween themed. And I would be oh, all yeah. for that. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, seriously, like your passion is Frankenstein. I like a lot of dark things like Lynch and yeah, and, know, and like the crow Lynch-y and all that and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I love Stephen King. We both love Stephen King. We have to make sure we do a Stephen King corner. Let's definitely hit castle rock and do a Stephen just, King corner. Yeah, Maybe we just start recording. with castle rock. Yeah. yeah. I'm, um, I'm glad though. I'm really, I, I know <laughs> we were supposed to get to castle rock, but I really haven't got uh, a what's up with Palmer. So I really appreciate that. So thanks. I I think I kind of grilled you for like an hour. No, that's that was okay. nice for me. <laughs> well, our three hour format is like 
an hour of Palmer, an hour of Dave, and then an hour of whatever our topic's supposed to be. But <laughs> we can't true. really do that. <laughs> like, yeah. So, which we're the worst people to try to put on any kind of schedule like that. Like, <laughs> that's true. So, um, as always, though, this was uh, very nourishing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, and we just got up to three viewers. So sorry, third viewer. Uh, Isn't that the way of things? Is it? Is it Bill Castle Rock? <laughs> is it probably? Like, or Frankenstein IT. I came for the Castle Rock talk. Have you guys started talking about Castle Rock yet? Nope, not at all. Next episode. It's too, That's magnificent. Right now, so this is. Um, I feel like Double D probably doesn't have the commute he used to have and is way behind. That's my suspicion. Uh, so, that could be. Because uh, he was like, oh, I'm 50. <laughs> like, wait a sec. Yeah. 50. Uh, he'll come upon this in, in December and be like, oh, ha, ha. Yeah. Uh, of course they haven't got to the Castle Rock in three <laughs> of episodes. They didn't. <laughs> um, all right, long walkers. I my, my voice is about shot and uh, did great. Did yeah. Great. Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it is perfect. Long walk, short drink. You got it, buddy. All <laughs> right. Uh, let's let's wrap it oh, up. Let's give the. Sh- uh, uh, I was going to try to give the spiel, but I'm not sure that's wise. We could tag team it. Oh, no, I'll give the spiel. I can do it. I'll give the greatest spiel. I was about to do it. Uh, That's what she said. So make sure uh, if you're hearing this, head over to our YouTube page. Search Long Walk Short Drink over on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. um, I think we're still sitting. We're kind of like tapped out right now at our 63 subscribers, right? We've been at 63 that sounds for, right. for a while. I don't want to tell you how many of those are me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but help us out. Um, but if you're Maybe hearing this and you're not subscribed to us over on YouTube, it do a huge favor for us if you head over there and you subscribe on YouTube. Because when we hit our 100 subscribers, then we get our unique URL on YouTube. Uh, while you're there, also, after you subscribe, click the bell. Uh, because then you'll get notified every time that we do one of these awesome live recordings of our episodes. Because uh, we've alternate where one week we'll record our episode where you can get the full conversation that happens and then the next week we put out our podcast episode from that recording that dave trims down nice and neat uh that goes out on all those other platforms that you can find uh your podcasts on which would include itunes uh google play and stitcher um any of your favorite places to get podcasts just search long walk short drink you should be able to find it there uh, if you feel like following us, head over to Twitter at uh, LWSD pod uh, and you can follow us there. We kind of back up some of our content that we talk about and discuss on our episodes. We will like if we reference a YouTube video or a song or an image, uh, we will typically tweet those out once the podcast episode gets put out into those uh, into the Ethernet there for you to enjoy. Uh, so make as well as getting notified anytime the episodes go out uh, via the live recording or the, the podcast episode. Uh, finally, head over to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Sign up for your free Audible trial where you can download your free audiobook. Uh, you can get the David Lynch book that Dave's been talking about. Uh, yes, room to dream. It's it's excellent. Dream. It's different actually. I'm still listening to it, but the way that it works is that it's a traditional biography written by a biographer, and then there's like an addendum to each chapter that in the book Lynch writes, but in the audiobook 
Lynch just tells stories. And he'll just be like, I told this in the book, but, you know, and then every so often, like every so many chapters, he gets on transcendental meditation. And he's like, those fucking guys in Washington deny global warming and they're going to have a problem. <laughs> he'll just like go off. It's like that JCVD commentary for Replicant where he's just like, I'm watching the show with my friends and fuck what you want me to say. The movie is good. So it's 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 incredible. Like it, it starts out there really long chapters with yeah. with the Lynch is like an hour and so many minutes on Eraserhead, and then you get to Wild at Heart, and he's just like Maharishi, <laughs> like <laughs> at the Cannes Film Festival. And he's just like seven oh, minutes. He's like, I'm out. Awesome. <laughs> it's incredible. So Room to Dream, yeah, find yeah. that. Uh, uh, look up Frankenstein. The, many yeah. Frankenstein versions. Download the first uh, Dark Tower book if you want to get started on that Ooh. journey. Um, Goodell. any other any yeah George Goodell man any other of the Stephen King books that we've talked about um, yeah I think that's about it right? amazing it's astounding how you can do that <laughs> yeah so um, yeah thanks for watching our three viewers thanks for toughing it out with us we appreciate it as always Moto thanks for the commentary in the chat I love yes, it sir uh, yeah, even great. though it's always, I, I'm so awkward at trying to bounce between those things. I just like to think he's like the third host that we have to, yeah. I don't know. He's like, he can't speak for himself. So we have to read his uh, things. I don't know. I like it. Just picture. Absolutely. If you don't know Moto, go back amongst uh, the episodes. We'll get back man. on my Thanks soon. buddy. <gasps> Thanks for joining awesome. us. Awesome. Yep. Oh, good man. Good. Absolutely. Sir. I think the uh, dreaming out loud archive segment is going to have, since Moto is not uh, as, uh, you know, it doesn't have the iron fist that Jacko has it hammering down. I'm going to show the uh, very first live action film that I made. If you can call it a film. But <laughs> shutting me down. He's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the, uh, our 1988 Frankenstein where he and I alternate. Oh, this is like Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch. Awesome. That's so fucking fantastic. But you have to follow close because like if you don't know the 1931 Frankenstein, you're like, what is happening? Because there's no makeup. All you can tell about who's the monster is who's going like, <laughs> sometimes Moto is the Dr. Frankenstein. Sometimes I am. Sometimes Moto's Fritz. Sometimes Moto's like, I don't think I ever let Moto be the monster because he was oh, a little too short awesome. at age three or four. Anyway, so that'll come up here in, in a couple minutes. And um, I don't know if I'll include it in the podcast version, but it'll be on YouTube. So awesome. thanks, everybody. Thanks, Palmer, for letting me share all this. Of course, <laughs> man. Thanks for coming on so sick and telling me about your day to day. I, I, yeah, I appreciate all it. All right. I, oh, dude, I appreciate all of this. Thanks so much, Long Walkers. Thanks so much, Dave. Love you, buddy. Anytime. I love you also. Yep. I love you, Long Walkers. We'll talk to you next time for the Long Walk Short Drink Halloween episode. Ooh, Ooh, cheers, scary. He did the mash. He did the monster. Great <laughs> 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 <laughs>